Hello, everybody. My name is Chad Terry, and I'm the consumer. My name is Jason Smith. I'm the assistant manager here at Astro Zombies. My name is Chris Losek. I'm also a manager, also here at Astro Zombies. Jess Griego, chief experience officer at Bosky Brewing Company. And we'd like to welcome you to Craft Beer and Comics, a podcast. Okay. Oh, I like that. All right. Yeah, this is good. What is this? That is our Resto Hazy Pale Ale. So it's a specialty beer that we um, brew a few times a year. This one also came out of our GABF um, mixed six pack. So I brought the pickle down the first time it came. And this was also in that pack. And then cool. Scale Tipper is one of our um, pretty popular IPAs that was also in that pack. So. Cool. Resto awesome. is actually our kind of nickname for our sister restaurant, which is Restoration Pizza. Okay. Uh, we opened that in April of last year, and uh, the model is really cool. So the goal is to hire um, individuals with disabilities. Um, we work with over 15 organizations through Albuquerque to um, create um, opportunities for people with intellectual and physical disabilities. And pre-COVID, we were at about 48% of our workforce um, coming from those organizations, which is Very really cool. cool. Excellent. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, my wife has MS. Would that be something? Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the idea kind of came to us. I was actually on maternity leave when um, our CEO's friend, who had kind of done a similar model in, I believe it was Kansas City, came and said, hey, I really want to do this. Pizza is a really great opportunity because it's very systematic. So we have um, in the back of house a really uh, formal process of doing pizzas the, the same every single time. And um, so that was just kind of a different, I mean, we'd never done pizza before, but we felt like that model was going to be, um, I don't know, set up perfectly for um, creating more equitable jobs in the state and uh, front of house too. We've got all kinds of positions and it's been really fun. So That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot of people know that Bosky, well, a lot of people don't know about Restoration Pizza. One, it's um, in the Journal Center near Cabela's in that same parking lot. And then a lot of people, even if they know about restoration, don't know that it's um, owned by Bosky. So it's kind of its own once niche you, thing. Once you go in and you see the beer list, that should yeah. give it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why is this all Bosky beers? Yeah. yeah. Probably owned by Snowbo. <laughs> <laughs> well, he makes sense. <laughs> I'm wondering why your microphone's not near your mouth. That's all right, though. <laughs> um, no, I, I've, I've actually been... So I've... Because I've been dropping off comic books to you, yes, uh, I've I've been there. I've eaten there twice now. Um, I really like the pizza. It's actually Thanks. really good. Yeah, we're happy with the pizza. It's been kind of a process that we've been evolving, but we're really happy with the product. Especially pizza's hard, and people are very critical of pizza. Right. And yes, uh, we've actually yeah. <laughs> so that was my concern. You know, it's like ooh, people are critical of craft beer, but pizza might even have a harder time. So yeah. especially when you got you know Dion's and. Saggio's and some really like local centric places, but um, the dough, once you get the dough down, you can kind of build off from there. Then you so. dial it in from yeah. there, yeah. Yeah. It's all sauce about. Sauce is pretty big too. Sauce yeah. is very big as well. So you get your dough recipe down and you get your, your sauce recipe down and then everything else is just kind of like just making sure you have quality ingredients. Exactly. Because yeah. yeah. people, ta- people will taste cheap cheese, you know? Totally. True. And that was, yep. that's actually one of the things that I saw on your menu is a lot of times people will just or restaurants they'll throw on oh white sauce and you're like okay 
and you order it because you think it's one thing, like you think it's olive oil and garlic, right? Sure. But then it shows up and you're like, oh, it's Alfredo. You have those labeled separately and you have each of them. Mm -hmm. You're like, this one is olive oil and garlic. This one is an Alfredo sauce. Yeah. And I was very happy about that because I do not like Alfredo sauce on my pizza. A lot of people are very specific about that. Um, We've done a lot of really cool uh, pizzas of the month with some really crazy base sauces. So right now we have a green chili cheeseburger pizza for September and it has a mustard base, which sounds crazy, but it's so good. (laughs) Yeah. And then we had a um, jalapeno popper last month that had... It wasn't. I don't. I don't want to say sour cream. It might have been Alfredo, but it had the white base too. And oh, okay. But it's really fun. So we recommend going in and checking out those monthly. I've had like a, too. a feta or gorgonzola white sauce too, where it was like the cheese was part of the sauce, mm. and oh. the hmm. toppings were on top, and then there was other cheeses. But no, cheese. that sounds good. It was delicious. If you like gorgonzola, <laughs> gorgonzola is a kind of a acquired taste. Yeah, like, for oh. sure. I don't really. I don't. I couldn't point it out to you if I saw it. <laughs> it's like in a liquid. Oh. It's it's kind of gross. Okay. But it's delicious. <laughs> but it's delicious. Yeah. All right. There's a cheese in some German town where like they have to cut it with maggots. Otherwise, it's too powerful of a taste. Oh, wow. That's a thing. Whoa. That sounds terrible. Oh, well, I, I want nothing to do with that. sip this beer because that's not going to Sounds like maggots. it pairs no well maggots with a beer, hazy, sure. hazy pale ale. But the beer, so it's a hazy pale ale. Um it's really good. I like I like the um, hazy beers that have been coming out. I think we've already talked about that a little bit. Um, lots of juice and um, tropical fruits. Bitterness is still there at the end, but not nearly as intense as a normal, traditional West Coast IPA. Some yeah. fun stuff. It's really good. I like it. West Coast. Throwing signs there. <laughs> <laughs> represent the West Coast. Um, yeah, and hazy beers are hard, so... Brewers in general have been kind of taught over um, the course of their careers to have non-hazy beers. So IPAs in particular are supposed to be brilliantly clear lagers, same thing. You should be able to hold up the glass and see right through it, be able to read the names of those comics if you hold the glass up in front of you. And hazy beer, yeah, <laughs> not with a can. Oh, um, can't see through that can at But all. now, so the trend is hazy beers, which is so hard to almost like do the opposite of what you've learned how to do and so to make really hazy thick opaque styles has been difficult for us too because we have so many of our processes dialed in and so now it's like how do you keep that haze and then it's gravity right so even if you do have a hazy beer to begin with eventually you know gravity is gonna do its thing and that those haze particulates are gonna fall to the bottom of a keg or to the bottom of um, a can and so how do you keep that haze stable just shake that can before you open it yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that works really well and you see a lot of wheat beers too that you know it says store upside down we'll store kegs upside down too to help kind of with that and then turn them back over once we yeah um that's what i like about this show just learning (laughs) Mm -hmm. stuff. (laughs) like i didn't even think about that yeah oh yeah just store it upside down because you turn it right Mm -hmm. up when you use it and it'll stir Yeah. Maybe they're just lazy yeast, you know? You need to, like, shape that yeast up and it'll <laughs> be more active. There you go. A lot of it's oats, which is crazy. Add a lot of oats oh. for the haze, too. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And then there's some specific haze, uh, yeast strains, rather, that um, help with the haze as well, too. But Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. What, yeah, that's... Wow. I, and I don't know... So how long ago did the haze trend 
start picking up steam. It's probably an accident. Somebody's like, oh, crap, I didn't do this right. right. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm hey, I'm this is kind of good. Yeah, it's kind of fruity. I like trick it. somebody into selling this because right. I can't like, afford to lose this I'm money. just going to sell it anyway. They're going to exactly. think it's just unique. Yeah, it started in New England, and a lot of brewers, especially traditional brewers, were not happy about the style and thought that it was going to be a fad, um, thought that it was kind of egregious against IPAs in general. And then here we are, I'd say about two years down the road now, and it's um, it's, its own category at Great American Beer Festival. So it's it is why here I like to them. stay. Yeah, I like it too. I mean, you still get all of the kind of things that are great about hops, but not the intense bitterness and the mm-hmm. dryness. Yeah, that's kind of what I like about it is that it, it cuts that oniony bitter taste mm-hmm. that yeah, IPAs have always had. Yeah, that or was always. The, yeah, that BO was always the, my IPAs struggle with my IPAs. Favorite, yeah, yeah, it's hard. And then you get that like really dry, bitter kind of um, aftertaste, which depending on whether you like bitterness or not is you know. Um, hard to kind of accept and so this is really nice because you still get the hop characteristics but just in a different way um i was gonna say something else about ipas too but i feel like I they're delicious, that they're delicious. They're delicious. Yeah. they are well, yes. Jason is <laughs> on the fence about them right and that's actually that's funny I just because prefer hazy ones is really what it comes down to oh what i was gonna say is that also a lot of it we were talking about i think we were talking about cilantro maybe it was last yeah, week. Yeah, it was last, it was last week, week. Yeah. and about how that's like just part of like your dna and just how how you mm-hmm. um kind of assess beers and, and flavors bitterness is the same so bitterness back when you know when cavemen were finding food bitterness was a sign of something being poisonous or you know right. wrong and so yeah. a lot of people's palates just naturally haven't developed to accept bitterness and so there's this like kind of your brain telling you that it's bad um a lot of people that like ipas i've noticed also drink really um black bitter coffee and so it's an interesting i think that's a similar kind of and a personality not personality but like characteristic of how you um assess flavors and bitterness is another so i've even if you're if you don't like ipas it might just be because you just like can't like your brain just won't allow you it's because you're not perfect like some of us um you <laughs> yeah, know because you know that something's wrong and you can detect that well, i was gonna <laughs> say caveman i'm like i was gonna say thank god for that one caveman that was like i don't care if it's poisonous i'm gonna <laughs> still eat it and i'm gonna Me cook drink, with it yeah, <laughs> but then that caveman didn't survive to pass down his genes so How's Dude, I'm wearing a pair of jeans from a caveman right now. <laughs> well, I was gonna say if you've <laughs> if you've listened to me talk long enough, you'll know I'm part caveman, like just just dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> I've got forty molars, Four. caveman all the way. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, no, it's funny that uh, you know we're talking about IPAs and how um, the hazy ones are different, and there's there's all sorts of IPAs. Um, this this Sunday, we're actually. We're going to join Steve-O from Ex Novo and Rob uh, from Palmer Brewery, and we're all going to do the uh, New Mexico IPA challenge together. So pretend that some of us on the podcast don't know what that is. And, uh, <laughs> and like, hey, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. So, um, so what that is, the New Mexico IPA challenge is basically uh, the New Mexico Brewers Guild. Um, I guess they take submissions. Is that how it works? That... that um, breweries make their IPAs. Yep. Yeah. So generally, I mean, obviously it's different this year. Um, normally it's towards the end of the summer. Everyone brews the best IPA that they can come up with. And then they submit it um, to the Brewers Guild in kegs. And then normally those events happen in person. And so they're all dispensed into uh, sample glasses on trays of usually 14 um, 
I think last year there was about 30, I can't remember. I was on the board last year and I don't remember. Um, multiple trays <laughs> and then it gets dwindled down. So it's all voting. It's all blind tasting and voting. And then um, there's multiple rounds throughout the state. So usually one in Las Cruces or in Taos and then Santa Fe, Albuquerque has two rounds. And then a the final round, um, a winner is crowned. This year we're just doing it in cans, which is a totally different format. Um, they've already all been sold. Um, across the state so they sold out in like 48 hours which was really cool to see and they were canned this year so it's all going to be an at-home contest and then you vote um, online and then the winner will be announced virtually which is kind of yeah. it's the biggest so it's um, like a, fundraiser for the guild every oh, year too. Yeah. yeah so if it's being done from home then what are we doing there chad we're we're we've been invited into uh, Rob's Brewery after they close. Oh, okay. special um, guests! And so we're gonna special we're gonna go guests. in there. Wow! And so they they're sold in twelve VIP. packs, and they're all numbered, right? So basically, uh-huh. what we're gonna do um, is, you know, I'll bring uh, plastic cups for everybody, and we have our own personal cicerone here that's gonna kind of <laughs> help us. Um, pressure. R- well, <laughs> and that, well, that was the thing is I asked you, I said, you know, how do we approach this? There's mm-hmm. 36 beers that that in my mind, I was like, if, if we're going to judge these, we got to taste all of them. But you made a very valid point, And I mm-hmm. was like, brilliant. <laughs> all right. If you're so. bringing all the cups, does that mean you're also organizing all the Ubers for when I'm way too drunk to drive <laughs> home? Well, so here's the thing. Yeah. So you don't drink them all. Um, OK. Well, you, you could. People do. And so it kind of depends on how you approach the IPA challenge, because I've seen at the IPA challenge every year, people drink their entire tray. Which and is those cool. guys are never invited back. Probably. <laughs> I mean, they pay. You do what you want to do. Um, I would have probably done. I probably have. um before kind of training my palate and understanding that most of what you're um, assessing is coming from aroma anyway. And so what I, how I normally attack, attack a tray, approach a tray during a challenge, attack (laughs) attack a tray, tray. Um, is to smell everything first and eliminate anything that I don't like the way that it smells. And so I try to at least cut it into half and then kind of gradually taste the things that I like the best. Um, especially with IPAs, a lot of it's aromatics. There's certain styles that you need to taste. You have to have the mouthfeel and other kind of um, more of the aftertaste. Aftertaste, yeah. But most of it's coming from aroma. So with IPAs, you can really kind of cut out half or more, narrow it down in a way that you're not trashing your palate, especially with IPAs when you're drinking really bitter beers. Something you tasted 20 minutes ago compared to now may not have, you may not get that full experience of that beer because of all the other bitter beers you tried before that right. so it makes sense and so yeah. so my my idea is the approach that that i think uh would work best and and fairly to to be able to actually judge them is we'll start with each 12 pack we'll have them out um and then have all those cups out and ready for everybody pour a little bit smell smell and then be like, well, this is the one, like, you know, have a notepad there. Yep. And be like, well, number six smelled really good. I want to taste that one. And number nine, I want to taste. And you taste those, and then you're like, yep, yeah, that's great. Or you're like, ah, those are trash. Let me smell some other ones. But we'll, we'll all have our own cups. We're not going to be sharing uh, anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sounds very un-COVID of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but then we'll, we'll take a break. We'll sit down. We'll, we'll talk about what we just did. Um, we'll talk about how, you know, oh, well, I thought this one smelled really good. And you could be like, I thought that one smelled really bad, you know, and we'll just have that <laughs> discussion and we'll drink some water to kind of clear the palate. Yep. And then we'll go with the second 12 pack and we'll just do that three times. 
So it's like the March Madness for beer where we have a bracket system. and <laughs> right. These two win. It's hard, too. Sometimes you're like, brackets? oh, there's Woo. these two. No, we're not doing brackets. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard sometimes to pick. Know. And then sometimes it's just obvious. And now with hazy IPAs coming into the mix, it's even crazier because the last two years there's been traditional IPAs and hazy IPAs. And entered and they're very different. very different it's almost hard to even compare them it's to each fair. other yeah. It's, yeah, yeah i think there's at some point the guild is going to have to figure out how to address that i mean it's all fun but you know and it's since it's a be. since it's a fundraiser uh-huh. you just do two of them you right? just like here's the ipa <laughs> challenge here's just, the hazy ipa challenge it just seems to me like that hazy and traditional are just going to end up being too too they, different they're going to be end up being divided into two styles of they beer. have to be at some point are they not are they, they are okay. yeah but for this one for the new mexico ipa challenge in particular there's kind of no rules it's just right submit whatever um, and like you said it's, it's true it's more old fashion. Yeah. yeah it's more yeah. of the fundraiser it's more of having right. fun it's more of just you know and and i'm gonna say like you said they sold out in like 48 hours mm-hmm. i had i had gotten only one i got number three and i was like god dang it i guess we're just gonna do one of them i was like oh, that's all right there are 12 of them but then I saw on the New Mexico Brewers, um, the Facebook thing was like, hey, we released some more. So I went right online, like right when I saw that, yeah. and I was able to get number one and two. So we have all 36 beers cool. that we get to we get to go through and, and check out. I'm curious to see how this shakes out because in, when it's in person, and I'm just going to say this, um, you'll see breweries who are looking for their beer. Right. I've seen that. um, Especially Uh in that last round when there's not 36, there's just 12 or 13. It's what, you know, that's what mine looks like, or that's the color, or this is the aroma. And so it'll be interesting because there isn't that opportunity. I think it'll be a really fair assessment from the community about what they like the best, as opposed to being influenced by, oh, I know that ours is kind of this, golden color and it's a little bit hazy so that's and you're picking what you're, right. you're trying you're to like, pick yourself doesn't and look not, like that yeah so. whereas oh. this will be much less i think and i was actually gonna like i don't know if it was gonna be a jerk move or whatever but i was gonna be like "Ooh, cicerone can you pick out your beer uh, yeah and so <laughs> it's I, a lot of pressure know, like it is yeah um we actually just did a one barrel so we have this uh one barrel fermenter at our brewery that we do experimental stuff out of. So since our brewery is so large, 30 barrels is a lot to commit to. So if there's a crazy idea that the brewery has, they'll make something out of there um, first and then you know move forward or not. And so we did our IPA challenge beer out of that one barrel fermenter. So we made just enough for the competition. So I haven't even had our beer. It is oh, not wow. released oh, or wow. available in our tap rooms. Nope. It was just our uh, John Bullard, our master brewer, uh, Spent a Saturday just making something super fun out of that teeny tiny little fermenter. And, uh, and I think he's the only one who's tasted it. Put so. a stamp of approval on mm-hmm. it. Huh? Wow. I don't even know. I, I need a, I don't think he did a hazy. I think he did a traditional, traditional IPA. Yeah. So, so just add some food color to it. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's pink. Mine's, I know it. Mine's, Mine's green. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you guys are you guys have made a beer specifically for this challenge. Is, is that what everybody's doing? or Generally, okay, yeah. Okay, people don't just say... Hey, here's our tap IPA. Sometimes, but um, and maybe this year because there was like less, it was less flexible than in previous years when you know when you're able to like plan and purchase specific ingredients and all that stuff. Um, when people were brewing this these beers, I think we were so closed, so it's hard to make that product and not even know if you're going to sell it. So that you, we may see some breweries that just submitted you know their standard IPA that they have year round, but generally people 
kind of bring out the big guns for this competition. So right, because this one's this one's all bragging rights. It's oh, not yeah. like it's not like Great American Beer Fest. This one is New Mexico bragging rights. Like, yeah, we won. We're the best in New Mexico. Bosky you know? 2014, 2015 winners. Oh really? And we were nice. in second place the last two or three years. Like two or three votes. <laughs> Any other New Mexican beers they won the last two years? Or is well, it's it in New oh, Mexico. Yeah, it's all, it's all. I mean, I'm talking about like at the GA. Oh, oh yeah, GABF. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots. I'm trying to think last year. So uh, Rowley cleaned up last year. They got Small Brewery of the Year and kept getting gold medal after gold medal. We're like, damn. We've Why never do you seen. think New Mexico beers do so well at these events? Because I always hear of New Mexico beers winning all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's I, I think 49 other a, states. How is that possible? Totally. I mean, I, we're small. Um, a lot of people think that New Mexico is saturated, which if you look at Portland, Colorado, other places, yeah. we really aren't. Um, but we're making some world-class beer out of here. And I think that having, you know, one brewery that's kind of, we're all elevating each other is what I would say. And so it's really nice to have this friendly competition where it's like, hey, that's a great hazy, but I could do that better. Or I really love that traditional IPA, but I'm going to make mine a little less bitter and more palatable. Like we're all kind of tasting each other's beers and one upping each other in the most, I don't know, like it's positive like a, way. I was going to say it's like a competitive, but like a friendly competitive. Yeah. And then you see that at GABF, you see the outcomes of that, which is everyone's winning, you know, right. which is, which is And cool. at the end of the day, as long as it's New Mexico that comes out on top, yeah, that it. tells people that no matter where you go in New Mexico, you're going to find good beer. Totally. It's a number it's one a beers, number one in uh, DWIs. We're getting it done. <laughs> well, that is that is something there, but, you know. And it's crazy because so, I feel like we're the most responsible. Not I can't. Actually, that's probably not fair because I haven't been to every state. But the guild members are really mindful about three beer limits, right. watching alcohol consumption. Yep. And so... Um, although we do have this problem, which is really important to manage, I would say that the craft breweries specifically have really kind of set the tone for what's acceptable and generally aren't part of that problem, but are helping to bring other people along with like, yeah. hey, don't see well, this tossed in the gutter. No, no. no. it's it some of the bars, you know, it's why I've always pref or preferred going to a brewery over just like hanging out at a bar or something is because you don't like to go to the library. <laughs> no, I, I don't. Because um, if you're at a brewery, you never have to worry about like the woo girls in the corner or some guy picking a fight in the other corner because he's super wasted. You looking at my girl? <laughs> well, she's not good enough to look at. I right. can't win this. Right? I can't, I can't, win, can't this, win this. I'm I was getting looking punched at you, either way. sir. <laughs> oh, what, what, you looking at me? Still can't win that. Never though. mind. But yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is I've been in breweries where I've had somebody driving me. And they still are like, it doesn't matter if you're driving or not. Like, we have a three-beer limit. So, yeah, I've been sorry. cut off many a time. Not even asking for a fourth beer, you know, but someone brings a third beer, and they're like, this is your last one. And I'm like, right. cool. yes, but I, w I knew that. I wasn't going to ask for a fourth, but thank you for the reminder. <laughs> it's right. fine. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's important. But and if, you do, if you do go out to any of the fine, amazing breweries that are out in town, make sure you drink responsibly. Make sure you have a ride. Um, DUIs are... Watch those high ABV beers too. Those will sneak up on right. you. Right, they they really yeah, they really do. You're like, oh, I only had three. They were all eleven point six percent. Yeah. If you're a lightweight like me, then you're pretty much gone. Right. <laughs> I so. had a Sierra Nevada that was over ten, and I was at a bar, and then you know I drank in my normal amount, plus uh, Red Bull vodka that somebody else wasn't drinking, and then a, and then some scotch. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like you know, I mean, oh, it's that's pretty normal, Chris. It's all pretty normal, and but. You know, three of those 
11.1 or whatever they were. I don't remember. It was some Sierra Nevada, like, double IPA, and it rolled me hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll do like, that. Whoa. Yeah. This is drunk. I've, I've, been, I've been somewhere where I was with a friend, and I had drove there because I was like, oh, I'll just have one or two. And then it, there was a football game on that I didn't know about. I was like, oh, I want to watch this. And I was at a place where they were just like, yeah, as much as you order, whatever. And I got rolled. I was just like, that is too much. And she's like, I've got my car here. I'll drive you home. Then we'll Uber back and I'll pick up your car and we'll take that to the house. Oh, man, that's the best way to do it. Oh, right. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. That's a, that's a good <laughs> friend Whatever you right say, there, right? invisible cow. <laughs> I feel like beer hangovers are the worst hangovers, too. No. I don't know, yeah, man. Wine. 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 Oh, yeah. I can drink wine like no one's business. I can't oh, even man. drink wine. Really? It gives me like heartburn immediately and a headache. That's within so funny. The second class. I'm drunk before I'm basic dr- over here. I'm hungover before I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's I love wine. Yeah, me too. I there's a uh, winery. A lot of wines that I drink now are out in Arizona, actually. Okay. So I don't. I haven't really checked out the uh, New Mexico wine scene because I'm more into the brewery scene, mm-hmm. as it's craft beer and comics. Yes. <laughs> uh, craft beer and comics and winos and winos. And winos. <laughs> so. I'm trying to think of like, you know, we've, we've gone over a lot of stuff with, uh, as far as Bosky's concerned and, uh, all your different beers and stuff like that. Is there some, is there a question about the brewery or what you do for the brewery specifically that you would love someone to ask you this question, but they never have? Oh, that's, that's a good question. That's in a general. good question. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think. And we can come back to it, too, because yeah. let's ask that question about questions. <laughs> right. Um, no, I mean, I I think it's, um, I feel like there are probably a lot that I just have already kind of, I don't know, accepted, just aren't part of the conversation. You know, you know? nobody's going to ask me, so I just never remember. Yeah, let me think about that. No, I'm sure there are. Um, okay. Yeah, just think about it. We'll take yeah. the heat off of you. Yeah, sorry, but. I don't have a better answer. I mean, I just, I feel like there's... um. There's a lot of crazy fun stuff happening all the time. Um, we're really growth minded, which I think has been good because we're creating jobs and um, kind of taking a little bit of that, a piece of that, um, I don't know, pie from some of the big beer companies and corporations that we Take all... Take the man yeah. down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I think maybe just question, if people maybe questioned a little bit more about like what what are you guys what's the goal what are you guys really trying to do we see all this growth what does it mean i think you can read between the lines and see things that maybe aren't really what they are and so we we fight that a lot you know so Um, that does i mean that leads me to a question that i have always wanted to ask is there are these small breweries that because you're talking about like what's the end goal or whatever yeah um and i know breweries up in colorado because i was living up there that they they started small they grew really big and now the big imbev owns them totally and it's like is that the end goal is to start a brewery so that you can sell to the big guy the silicon valley approach right i mean it's i mean it's a big it's a lot of money it it really is i think it just depends on i i and i would almost almost venture to say that most of those breweries probably didn't have that in mind because you're so small and minuscule you're not on the radar and then all of a sudden you are you know and most businesses i think craft breweries specifically are kind of different in this way but 
like the goal is to open a business and to be successful and to like capitalize on that investment that you made. Right. right. And so, but in craft beer, it's seen as a very different, um, kind of, you know, you got, you sold out sort of mentality. And so, um, we fight that a lot where it's like, we're, we're growing. And so if you're growing, the perception is, Oh, you're, you know, you're trying to sell. Yeah. Um, we're so small compared to so many big craft breweries in the country. And so I think that's something that we forget in New Mexico is that even though it seems big, real, like you think of Dogfish Head, Samuel mm-hmm. Adams, those guys are huge and they're still like independent craft breweries um, who haven't sold out but are still creating jobs all across the country. They have their product everywhere. They're taking away revenue from other big um, conglomerates that would otherwise have it. And so I think there's this middle ground you can find that isn't you're smaller, you're a sellout. And I feel like having been one of the six original employees and now where I am now, I feel like this tension of like, oh, we grow and there's this backlash. But I think you can find this like happy middle ground where you can do right. both and you're not a sellout. You you're know? like, we're well, the idea of of you're successful. So you're a sellout, notwithstanding. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with with being a successful independently owned business. There's not nothing wrong with that. Sure. Cause like you, you said, do well, it though. yeah, I mean, totally. as long as you're doing it, like, what's well, the like, word like I'm you're talking for? about restoration pizza. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's something that you've grown. You were able to open a restaurant that, that has jobs for people that might not get jobs elsewhere. Totally, yeah. And that's, that's to me, that's giving back to the community. And that's a big part of, of, owning a business that grows mm-hmm. to be able to get to a spot where you can help other people. Yeah. And which, you know, it's kind of hard because the only way to do that right now is by generating revenue and then investing it back in your community. Yeah, and that's right. like, that's the position we're in. And so we're trying to do that, but how do you just overcome the growth struggles and, you know, having the perceptions of, well, you were this way and now you're this way and we don't like that. And, and it's just hard. It's hard. And there's people, there's people on the other end of that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not Jeff Bezos, but I hear the criticisms and I see it and I take those to heart. And so I think, you know, when you say there's, if there's a question, it's like, how is it, how is it being the person making these decisions and growing and, um, you know, understanding the benefits, but then also receiving the backlash and, and what is that? What is that like? Because I think we can all just see something and go, oh, I don't like that. But there's people behind that who are really trying to do their best. Right. And um, yeah, so I don't know. And that's a, that's a good, I mean, that, that marries really well with, with comic books and creators. For sure. I mean, well, there's, <laughs> go, go ahead. Comic man. book stores, like pla- places like us, like the comics industry is all built almost entirely on the backs of small business. Like right. mm-hmm. yeah. every comic, almost every comic book store is a small business and the ones that sure. aren't like if you're in the comic book world you've heard of like you've heard of midtown mm-hmm. you've heard of mile high you've heard of the ones that are big and have multiple locations and a robust online store because they're they're the exception not the norm right because yeah. there's so, like there's literally like maybe four of those yeah <laughs> right you know, yeah, exactly. yeah there's I like mean, four of Apple them. books uh yeah, that's the three I can think of. Like I said, it's like town if they're big enough to be that, like you've heard of them because they're the exception, not the rule. Right. And there's all, there is that sort of same stigma to it where if you, you know, you grow your business to the point where you want to open a second location or you want to move into another region or something, then you're sort of viewed as like, well, what are they encroaching on this for? Because mm-hmm. right. this is our territory and 
they're a sellout because they're successful and they're expanding their business. Which is, I mean, that it's leads hard. us that <laughs> leads us to to how how rich and beautiful our voices sound right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're uh, craft beer and comics. A podcast is already growing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, <laughs> your voice. Shame on you. So Very sexy. Yeah, just now. <laughs> we're, we're we're real sellouts. I know. Right. <laughs> Tell you what. When I have no, some money, um, when like, I have I'm some, not Jeff Bezos. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. So when my I, point you is, you can't call me a sellout until I have some money in my pocket from this podcast. <laughs> right. Then I'll accept. Uh, speaking of, no. My my point is, uh, you know, we we've got this new equipment. Um, so we have microphones right now. We're all not just trying to speak into one microphone. We each have our own. Uh, still dialing in a couple of things. So if you hear some pops or or uh, or other Me. strange noises, right? It's just uh, just us dialing in the new equipment. Um, big shout out, thank you to David. Um, that money really helped. Uh, it went went a long way, um, and I'm. I'm super dedicated to this, to this podcast and to this idea. Um, and so having, having that money to help get all this stuff was amazing. So thank you, David. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there anything else you'd like to share? I feel that like I just got, I'm like, Ooh, should I have even said that? But I did. So no, I'm going to, I'm going right. to stop no, it right No, I, I think it's, I mean, it's a, su- it's a super <laughs> it's been valid on my point. Mind a lot it's lately. a super valid yeah. point because like when I see, when I see those businesses, breweries, especially when I see them sell to InBev or Anheuser-Busch stuff, yeah. I, I do, I get mad. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys, you, you built your business off of our back. Like we supported you and, and, and now you're one of them. Yep. You know, well, and, and it's it's hard because as a business, like you're saying, I mean that is one of the that is one of the goals is to be able to be like, well, I I built my business and now I can't really manage it. I need somebody else to. Yeah. I had to sell to them. Well, I think the days of those big sellouts though are pretty far behind us. Like we saw big ones. Obviously, Ballast Point was huge, a billion dollars in 2016, or maybe earlier than that. You're seeing that less and less because you're seeing that big beer really can't just take over a small brewery and create the same experience and the same products. And so that's really not, I I haven't, I don't think we're going to see that as much as we did a few years ago. And so if you're growing, I think it's important not to just assume that that's the goal because you know, it's just the landscape has completely changed. Even if, even if it happens, you never know like, like what that deal was. Yeah. Um, Right. Or why maybe they, maybe they had to get out because of, something in their family and they're like i need i need a big payout right now or and I need like to go. or just saying hey if i do this like i will still be in charge of things but i'll have a lot more resources to pull from to mm-hmm. take care of my employees better like i think you'll see a lot of mergers you won't see just complete buyouts you'll see mergers where well, that's an investor you, comes that's in that's how you become and, the man and, yeah <laughs> <laughs> an investor comes in and you know still allows that executive team to run the business but there's you know equity now to to take care of employees yeah. and do other things that you can't do. And especially when you're growing, it's expensive, you know, yeah. you oh, yeah. see a lot yeah, of yeah. shiny things and it's like, that costs like, money. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting this Anheuser-Busch money now. Now I can, you know, give my employees <laughs> retirement plans. I, like spent, I, can, sure. I spent the extra money to get color, different colors for the XLRs. I was like, <laughs> Ooh, colors. I want those. <laughs> and that's totally backfiring. Yeah, and then, I think uh, so. I think that's what we're getting. <laughs> and, the, the and then you asked me which it. one I wanted, and I told you I didn't care. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> Jerk. I would have so, taken yellow. That's my favorite color. Oh, I would have picked a color. Oh, man. All right. Fair I'm enough. sorry. Well, maybe ask the guests next time, Chad, huh? <laughs> so, <laughs> so having grown up punk rock, um, I'm holding my fingers in quotation marks here. Um, you're always, I mean, like, that's the biggest baddest worst thing you could possibly do as a punk rock band Sell is out. selling outs and yeah. you know people are like oh rancid sell out or green day and I actually oh, had a conversation yeah. with somebody about this today <laughs> how dare you be successful <laughs> right yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I mean there's a fine line you know how are you doing it and what are you doing once it happens do you need more money or are you just giving up on your are you holding your moral standard to the same example that it was right. already? Well, that's the only thing that I think really matters. Well, and you and I kind of talk, we're talking about this the other day and I think like to hold somebody to the, to the standard of something that they shouted from a stage when they were 17 and now they're 35 and that's have true. a wife and kids and mouths to feed and, and they, they need, need to get to, from A to B. Yeah. They need to. So like holding somebody to that, they're a different person. Now they've, grown into somebody who has more responsibility and they're tired being punk rock on oh, stage yeah. is tired oh yeah living, <laughs> living in the gutter <laughs> it gets pretty old. Like, listen guys it's nice to have stuff listen guys all, all right. those tattoos cost money so <laughs> well leather is expensive if they're, if they're worth a crap so yeah, chris yeah, you were sure. you were saying you were talking to people in the in the shop today about records and stuff like that yeah, yeah. um tell us about the shop tell us what's uh, what's been going on so, you know, we sell records, too, and that's yeah. a, it's a decent portion of our business. Um, and there was a guy who I've known for years. We used to work together at the 66 Diner, and, and we have a sordid history. But he, he was talked about a Billy sorted. Joe. Sorted. Wow. Sorted, yeah. Was, <laughs> I can't even talk about it here. That's for the, tri- oh, wow. <laughs> that's for the X-rated edition. Um, Can you put on that beer sound com- effect that you had earlier? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's not the right one. Craft beer and comics after dark. You have to listen to that Let's one never for do that, that story. Let's never do that. So. Yeah, I don't want to. Needless to say, uh, he was talking about a, uh, a comp, uh, something that that Billy Joe from Green Day did with another person, um, and they were doing a cover of the Everly Brothers. Um, okay. And he said that it was so close to the originals that you couldn't really tell the difference. And I was like, okay, okay that's cool, you know. And then it got us into this conversation we're having right now about how selling out is, you know, frowned upon by the punk rock, uh, you know, crew. Community. Community is the word I'm looking for here. Everybody's definition of selling out is a little different, too. Right, but, oh, but yeah. there is there is a line. You're allowed to make money off of T-shirts, but don't sign to this label that's too big. It's yeah, yeah, know. absolutely. But there's other things that are definite sellouts where you're not, your music doesn't have political undertones, or you're not making a message anymore. It's just right. you know saccharine and candy coated for. <gasps> I went to the mall and I spent all my money. You should do it too. <laughs> if you ever watch uh, Scott Pilgrim, don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> it's the microphone. It, it brings out my voice, and my voice is ugly. Oh, my God. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. You know, he's in this band, and they're kind of garbage, even though they're pretty good. And then when they sign to contract with uh, D-Man. We're here um, to make money and sell out and, and stuff. stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you can, when you walk in, he walks into the club, and he's not in the band anymore. And then the song they're playing, they're like, nom, 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 <laughs> It's nowhere near what they were playing before. Straight up selling out. You, you changed what you were doing completely to make it more appealing for more people. Right. That's part of selling out. So why are you doing it? So to make money? Sure. But are you still doing the same thing or is it, are you changing what your, what your band was about and what your original fans, why they liked you? And right. you're going to lose original fans. 
Always, yeah. Always. So, you know, th- that's just the basis of what we're Except for about. us. We won't. <laughs> Content. So, so what I was going to say is Marble yeah. used to be locally owned. You know the owners, right? Because they... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when they sold the National, there was a noticeable difference. That was just with distribution rights, though. So okay. I want to clarify. Yeah. So yeah, they still... Yeah. Please. So you can... So when you go to a... Um, big distributor you have to sell the rights to your package product um to that distributor you don't have it's kind of the general process but they're still owned by um the same ownership group so what happens with the tap rooms is completely different from what you see on the retail shelves um so yeah but yes just clarify Okay, that's cool. So okay. National was just for their package products. So Marble the labeling still cool. changed, and I felt that they, they did rebrand. Different. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but that's yeah. what branding does. I don't know. Branding mm-hmm. works. The label tasted completely different. No, I'm. <laughs> I know. I like how you think I'm being sarcastic, but no. <laughs> well, that's, I was. That's what I mean. That's why people have specific colors when they think yeah. of this beer. Think of this color, and when you change that color, that's going to change the taste. Certainly. But it's, sure. Now I can get marble double white like wherever I go. Yeah, and that's like part a, of it too, right? So like then every you have, gas station. It's a trade. So, okay, well, what can we do internally? We can only get so many trucks out to so many places in the state, or we could sell our rights to this distributor who can get us everywhere, but now we completely relinquish control once that beer leaves our our facility. Right. And so that's a, that is a issue okay. that many big breweries, including us, have dealt with. Um, we did sell our rights in kind of pieces to Admiral. Um, we mm-hmm. kept Albuquerque and Santa Fe, just gave them the bigger or the smaller um, par- parts of New Mexico and then kind of in increments, let that go. So um, let me ask you this. So selling your distribution rights, is there like, what are the potential problems that present themselves? So many that? problems. Okay. You're just relinquishing control. You know, I mean you, it's hard to keep an eye on, um, whether beer is um, expired on shelves, um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. how you're um, interacting with all of these different retailers. So you have grocery stores, restaurants, um, a well, thousand accounts that you no longer are dealing with directly because that distributor is representing you and not yourself. Right. And, and you could like your your beer could end up in the CD liquor store yep. and you have a certain price point and mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, that brewery is expensive. Yep. Oh, yeah. You lose con- you ever- complete control of price. That doesn't really Really to, that doesn't have anything to do with the di- distributor. Once you sell your beer to someone, even if you give yeah, them a yeah. discount um, to try to get at a certain price point, sometimes retailers will just be like, well, I'm just going to take that discount and then pass it off to the customer. And so right. sometimes I see our beer for $12.99. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, that's expensive, but we don't, again, we're yeah. relinquishing control, you know. Interesting. Well, in different prices in different markets. Mm-hmm. And, um, so let me ask you this, Chad. You said CD liquor store. Have you ever been in a liquor store that, uh, you didn't want to get out of like as soon as possible. Yeah, Kelly's, Kelly's well, on the west side. Tipsy's, pretty up in, never been there. Up in, the only uh, one I can think of is Total now. Wine. Up Total Wine, yeah, yeah. Like which Total is the man. What's what? Total Wine's the man, man. Yeah, but they have really the big man. selection. You can get a lot of stuff there <laughs> that you can't get anywhere exactly. else. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, and that's hard when you're and you want to be in there. Like you want to get in front of yeah. people, right? Like every every craft brewery is in there. But then that's a, a, it's all relative, right? Is that selling out or is that just or is that getting competing with Budweiser? I don't know. Like there's so it's just all very it's, it's all it relative. Is, it does get it does get cloudy. Yeah, just oh, like this hazy oh, IPA. Oh, so so I noticed that that 
Budweiser is definitely shaking in their boots because in the last few years oh, they've yeah. tried to make craft beer style beers. Yeah. And their commercials are like, oh, if you want to be a craft snob, blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, or you could just do what you're always going to do. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Budweiser. Like, Don't mind if I do. Be a <laughs> exactly. <craft snob. laughs> oh, shitty, shitty beer. Totally. Or unless, delicious. Unless you're going to hmm. sponsor us, Budweiser. Should we sell out? Let us know on Facebook. Everyone's got a price. Let's, uh, when, let's cross that bridge when we come when to. When Ballast Point sold for a right billion now. dollars, I was like, who turns down a billion dollars? Right. Like, how do you yeah. turn down a billion? It will never happen okay. again. But it's a billion like, dollars is a lot of dollars. But <laughs> Ballast yeah, Point yeah. sold for well, a billion, billion dollars? It's not going to be a beer. And you're looking at I, you're looking yeah. at that check, and you're like, I can I could do this and never worry about anything. No, I can't no, even no, no, count no. the zeros. Then you can be yes. called Jeff Jeff Bezos at that point. Then I you would, can put. Oh, he has like lots of billions. I think he's close to a trillionaire. Holy. That jerk. But uh, <laughs> I would tell them, uh, you know what? Don't don't make a check. Go ahead and give it to cash because I you know I got to talk to my accountant. It could put me in a different tax bracket. You know what I mean? It's, just <laughs> it's gonna cash. push you in a different tax. Yeah, just do cash. God, God forbid you pay taxes. One billion right? dollars. <laughs> Jeff Bezos doesn't. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good. Well. Anyway, back back into the show. We went down a crazy road. I'm <laughs> we sorry. Did. We spent some time on the beer today. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Back back into the shop. So uh, you guys were talking about records and and sellouts and what that is and isn't. Yeah, and I just brought that up because it's what we were talking about here. Right. Yeah, um, the yeah. other cool thing that happened today is uh, a, a neighbor <laughs> ran in the shop. Is like, I think you guys have a squirrel, and I was like, What are you talking <laughs> about, dude? And the the way you came in too, because he was like looking around on the floor, and I was like, Hey, man. Uh, how <laughs> you doing? <laughs> what you need, man? <laughs> squirrel, squirrel. So needless to say, um, next thing you know, there's straight up a baby squirrel in the shop. <laughs> a baby yeah. one? Yeah, it was yeah, a little yeah. guy. It was, oh, it was wow. super small. It was super cute. Like, it's the cutest thing ever. Yeah. And uh, I had it cornered nice and neat. I was like, okay, all I got to do is, and I'm literally moving things out of the way so it would have a clear path to the door, right? Okay. And then, bless th- this guy's heart, he, he didn't mean to, to like, interfere but oh, <laughs> he's no. like, oh, I'll help. And he grabs a stick. No. And, oh, and then he like shoves it away from the door. And so it goes and runs away. And I was like, dude, I had it right by the door. All I had to do was push it that way. And it was going to go out the door. Me. But instead, I spent another hour looking for the thing. Jason finally found it. And yeah, then yeah. We were, we were talking to another customer. And I just happened to like look and see it run by behind Chris. And I was like, there it is. I saw it. And then I I cornered it and it, it had run into one of the uh, one of the bookshelves here and it was like behind a figure and that's where we were able to uh, corral it and then get it to go to the other side of the store. It ran back to its spot. It, yeah. it ran back to the spot where I had it the first time. I was like, oh, super easy, barely any inconvenience. And sure enough, I walked over there and it took me all of one minute to, to just move them. those things back out of the way like I had them. And tapped the box and was like, later, and went out the yeah, front door. It was like, oh, dear God, thank you. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I, I just want to leave. What kind of damage can a squirrel do in a comic book toy store? I mean, Ooh. probably a ton. Uh, yeah, wow, really. What's yeah. his name? Did uh, you guys name him? Oh, we didn't Jordy? Jordy. Oh, okay, there you go. I mean, yeah, that's what his name is. Because he was a blind squirrel? <laughs> Jordy the squirrel. Because he was a blind engineer. Uh, is there a <laughs> blind Jordy that I'm not familiar with? Uh, uh, Star Trek, Trek generation. Oh, oh, yeah, Jordy. Jordy LaForge. Star Trek. Lieutenant Star Commander. Well, I think Lieutenant Commander. I can't remember his rank. <laughs> it probably changes throughout the he's show. Hopefully, a, he's, he's not just the same guy. I think. 
I think he's the same rank the whole show. That I don't think he's terrible. terrible. That's but like Chewbacca not getting the medal. He starts the show as head Racist. engineer. Like he's all right. He's doing all right. <laughs> well, where else do you go <laughs> if you're the top? The yeah, you're head engineer. I can of go the, twice of the flagship of the <laughs> Starfleet. It's in a book. You're doing all right rainbow. in your career. A reading rainbow. <laughs> Sorry, we talked about George of the Forge, so I anything. had to start singing "Reading Rainbow" because that's what we're all about. You put because, a microphone uh, in people's hands, and <laughs> goddamn it, they start singing. It was singing. a microphone before. It's just because wasn't Lavar Burton is the man. <laughs> he is the man, and not the not in the bad way. He's a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, right. No, so absolutely. He, cool. Speaking of podcasts, uh, he has a podcast where he basically does like. Reading a like grown-up version of Reading Rainbow. He just like will read you a short story in the podcast, and then it's like a different one every time. And it is incredibly soothing. I, I bet. <laughs> I bet. That guy's got a great voice. Oh, yeah. He did, and he it's, is. you know, it's one of those things where if you're my generation, I grew up with that dude. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? right. so, I mean, so, I did, too. But was, was he still doing it? I mean, like... No, I think they kept was, reruns just, on for a while, but I think yeah, he was yeah. doing it... Up I mean, until I, our adulthood. I mean, I definitely watched a lot of Next Generation as a kid, and I definitely watched a lot of Reading Rainbow as a kid. We'll have to find out if he was doing both shows at the same time. I imagine he was. I think he was, yeah. Yeah. Dear LeVar Burton, did listen, you do, how many years did you do listen to Rainbow? Him. You ever watch Community? Uh, so it's uh, it's on my list of, hey, get around to this. There's this great episode where LeVar Burton shows up, like, as himself, <laughs> and uh, Donald Glover's character, he's like... <laughs> He's like he freezes up around him, like he like can't talk. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's uh it's hard to not get star tr- starstruck sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Like now, if Donald Glover in, is like one of the most famous people in the world. I think he's cooling off though. He's like, really. He did I think he'll. I don't know. In Lando? my mind, he'll just be so cool forever. Fair enough. So he's super cool, and he's the the amount of talent that that guy has. The is talent ridiculous. is yeah. And he's. Yeah, it yeah. seems like he's good at everything he tries. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, he. I feel like he's at the point where he's sort of settling back on his haunches to like work on the next thing that's gonna. I wonder what it's gonna. That be. he's gonna put out that's gonna be amazing and everyone. Well, will he's love. already an actor. He's already a rapper. Well, he said he was retiring Childish Gambino, but so I don't maybe know. He'll do a different yeah, so that so that he can make thing, a comeback album in five years and it. make a crap load of money. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. He'll do comic books. <laughs> Speaking of which, I would read a Donald Glover comic book for sure. I would. Who wants to start with gonna, their comic? He's going to be the artist. The Weekend's <laughs> comic book, Starboy. What? The Weekend had no, a comic I book called Starboy. I did not. It wasn't half bad. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. What so, did you read this week? Sometimes with those with those stunt creator things, you can all you can kind of hope for is not half bad. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh. oh, like oh, this guy just got this because he's famous, not because he's a good writer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that happens. No yeah. nepotism. Sell too. Out. So I read a book <laughs> called Stillwater. It's yeah, yeah, Stillwater. Exactly. It's an image comic book. Um, it's Chip Zarsky, uh, who is awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's on fire. Chip Zdarsky is like he just his name is on everything. He yeah, had a for week good reason where I think there was three or four books with his name, and they were like number ones or yeah. continuing series. Um, I was, and they were all good. Wow. His his Daredevil run right now is one of the best Daredevil runs I've ever read. Maybe the best. Yeah. Because I mean, a lot of people argue the Kevin Smith. And then, you know, the Frank no. Miller you can't go without. Kevin well, Smith's yeah. Daredevil is good but not great. And I think it's because it's just too wordy. There's just too much. 
Yeah, well, Kevin Smith. Yeah, it's Kevin Smith. I mean, the guy writes wordy dialogue in his movies. It's not going to be any different. <laughs> I mean, that's almost the only thing that happens in his movies. And I, <laughs> not, don't get me wrong, talking, I'm a fan yeah. of Kevin Smith. I love but, you, Kevin. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love. I like Kevin Smith as a podcaster more than I do as like almost anything else. See, I don't. Mm. I don't listen. He's to that not very way. wordy as Silent he, Bob. He, he just smokes weed. Yeah. And you're like, dude, just put <laughs> it down. You for know, a he didn't start smoking weed till he was like in his forties. Yeah, till yeah. he till he was in movies until he yeah. was already making fun of it for years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, like he didn't start smoking weed oh. till my respect meter just went down. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm, he had lots of. He I thought knew, it was he was in that world humor. a lot, and now apparently it's just. So tell us about Stillwater. Tell us about Stillwater, Kevin Smith. So also, I'm just kidding, cool. so before we get into Stillwater, I also want to say, Chip Zdarsky did a really good run on the Invaders, which was like criminally under underbought. Like I loved that book. My issue with that so book good. was there was two other World War II era books that came out the same week, and yeah, I was like, oh but, cool, we're just you know, going back in time for a minute here. But those were like one shots, and they were. Yeah. And Invaders ended up being a twelve issue series. Submariner, man, I can't, I can't do it. I love it. If he's done dick. well, yeah. And if he's done, like, I don't want to read a book like a Namor series, mm-hmm. but when Namor is used in store, like in a story, I think that's the best way. But Namor is best as a spice, not as the, not as the main. <laughs> he's dish. not the main course. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So a uh, little fun known under. Un- not very known fact that Little known Chip fact. Zarsky, that's Little the known thing fact. I'm thinking of. Fun um, He's His Canadian. real name is Steve Murray. Is it really? And Zarsky is not his real name. That's okay. only his comic book name. Cool. And he also did something called Todd Diamante, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a fantastic name. Um, I actually did know that, and I'm like a, I'm a Chip Zdarsky fan. That kind of blows me away, because why would you choose the name Zdarsky? I think it's pretty cool. It, I think it's I great. I like it. That's, 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 that's one of those names that's like done to you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Unless there was like someone he went to school with who he idolized who had that name and then, you or know, a teacher, like, like a well, teacher, mentor. Yeah, here's something the, when you're growing up. You're here's like, the thing. This guy is like, he's a really quirky sense of humor. Okay. And so he's the guy who would have chosen a bad name as his pen name, totally. ironically, because it amuses him. Yeah. And he, it'd be like he like he's like I did this so that I could, I chuckle at myself a little when I sign a comic. Like yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, right. Like yeah, he's he's the kind of guy who would do that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he's also an illustrator. Yeah, he okay. is. And uh, he has he had a column in the National Post called Tear Jerk, and the whole point of it was he would watch movies, to see if they would make him cry. So he found like. Probably where the red fern grows, <laughs> the notebook, oh, and it's man. called Tear like Jerk. That. And he was like trying to find movies that would make him. I'd love to write cry. articles just like that. It's called Tear Jerk, and every every week it's just, yep, <laughs> yep, no, nope. cried at this one, <laughs> almost. <laughs> I cried, but not for the right reason. Make sure you <laughs> g- give me give me that check. I'm working. Uh, he also co-founded uh, something called the Royal Academy Studio. Um, he's won an Iser for Sex Criminals. I mean, the dude is prolific. Yeah. And yeah. I think he, he was nominated for Daredevil, too, this year. He's won several Eisners, and he's been nominated for a ton of stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's, a ton of stuff. This guy's the real deal. And he it seems like Mar- Marvel loves him right now. Like, his name's on, like, four different ongoing Marvel books. He's making a, a Daredevil that people don't really read. People yeah. that don't read Daredevil are reading Daredevil right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? I we're out of volume one again right now because oh, really? we just keep we just keep selling it. 
just keeps going off the shelf. It's almost like you keep recommending it to people. I know. It's almost like I really like it, so I talk about it a lot. It's there almost you. like it's your it's job. It's almost like you're doing your job. <laughs> <laughs> um, so also Ramon K. Perez. Uh, most people know this dude. I mean, he's prolific as well as far as an artist. He's also a writer. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, he's in Cap, Spidey, Deadpool, X-Men, A Tale of Sand, which he won an Eisner for, which is a uh, Jim Henson trope that he turned into a uh, comic. And oh, okay. We yeah. just recently restocked on that, and we're already sold out again. So now, th- so now that we've mentioned the Eisners twice, I'm going to go ahead and let uh, Jess know, as well as any listeners who might not know. So the Eisners are comic book awards. Based, think of it as like the Oscars. I picked for comic up on books. that. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. They're they're usually presented every year at San Diego Comic Con. Ah. So needless to say, it's Stillwater Image Book. Um, there was a it's oh, a it's Skybound, Skybound imprint. Yeah. Uh, which is you know um, uh, it's Robert Kirkman's Robert Kirkman's imprint. imprint. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Walking Dead. Well, it's Robert Kirkman's company. Thing. He does. They do all kinds of. They do. They do like tabletop games. They they're in the video game space too. Wow. Yeah, Robert Kirkman is making some good money off of Skybound. So right away, uh, this comic was in the back of an earlier image book, and it was a super cool scene from the middle of the book where a child is like on top of a building and falls off to his death, seemingly. And then they they see him and they go to try and help him and then get him to a hospital, and then nobody gives an f at all. I was like, whatever, that kid fell. And so he Game takes of him Thrones. to the place. What's that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The rem- reminded me of Game of Thrones. Okay, okay. And <laughs> Beginning of Game of Thrones. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah cool. At the end of the first episode. <laughs> no, that's great. Okay. Yeah. Needless to say, they get him to <laughs> a doctor, and the doctor's like, oh, yeah, let me just talk to him. And then the kid gets up and walks away. And they're like, what's going on? And that was the sneak preview. Okay. So now, well, when the first the- issue comes out, and then the doctor's like, you guys just need to get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Of he's here like, this isn't going to end well yeah. now because of this. And it's really that punk kid's fault. Um, yeah, yeah, for and, sure. And the punk kid later in the book is like basically like chuckling at them. Like, yeah. <laughs> you idiots. Like, Look what you've I know done. what's going to happen to you. And I'm totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> so needless to say, uh, it, the, the cover alone is fantastic. It's, it's a red cover with kind of like what looks like an x-ray of a, a woman holding what appears to be a child and there's a there's a cityscape above it and there's the silhouette of a heart and the veins coming from the heart look as though they're kind of like the roots of this of this townscape that you see wow and it's just a super cool cover um, so I mean even if you didn't know anything about it if you didn't read that sneak preview like I did this is still a book that's going to reach out and grab you uh, for good reason. It starts off with your typical thing, the guy's at work, he's sitting at his desk. Something I noticed and I super love about this first uh, set of scene- captions here is you see an iron robot toy and then a Garindin? Garindin? Um, and if anybody knows who that is, it's a super deep cut from Star Wars Episode Four. He's the he's the, the snitch that tells... The Empire. Oh, that's, yeah, the the like elephant trunk guy. Right, the elephant yeah. trunk guy. Yeah. So there's a statue of this dude on this guy's desk, and you know that's like a little nerdy thing that I just wanted to bring up because it's. Oh you know, yeah, I it's not Yoda. That. It's not Darth yeah. Vader. It's yeah. not it's Superman. They're little it's Easter really eggs specific. that are really right. it's Iron yeah. Giant and Garandin, who is this super unknown character in Episode Four of Star Wars, <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's awesome. That's interesting. His shirt is also that. some kind of. It looks like. Batman Peanuts? Batman Charlie Peanuts? Brown? Yeah, it's Charlie Brown wearing a Batman mask. 
Oh, cool. <laughs> but anyways, um, so he gets called in the office, and she starts talking to him, uh, her bo- his boss, about his inability to work well with others, and then it turns out that he pushed somebody, and so he gets fired. So, of course, he's drinking it off at a club, and his friend keeps trying to get him to drink more, and, and he's already puking, and they won't let him into the bar because he's already been puking. So he starts a fight with a bouncer, and I don't know how many of you have done that. Nope. I haven't done that. It's done almost that. always a bad idea. <laughs> there's, there's a reason that that guy's a bouncer. Yeah, it yeah. turns out that's what he does for a, a living is beat up drunk people if they need to be. There's a reason I didn't answer that question. <laughs> because you've never done it. Innocent. I never have. <laughs> but I think Chad has is what we're trying uh, okay. to get I didn't How say How many that. bouncers have you fought, Chad? <laughs> well, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so then it continues. Did you get choked out or? <laughs> Me? Yeah. No, I didn't. I kind of, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so then it continues. It's another one for uh, after the After Dark episode. <laughs> the After Dark episode. That's there right. There you go. <laughs> so it continues where he's sleeping it off because his buddy takes him home. He wakes up in his apartment the next day. He's sleeping it off. They decide to get some food. Doorbell rings. And it's somebody handing him a letter, and he thinks that it's either somebody who he owes money to or something or a subpoena. And they're like, no, actually, this is what it is. And he gives him a little smirk and walks away, and he he reads it, and it turns out he's got a great aunt or something in a place called Stillwater that's going to give him an inheritance. So he decides to go on a road trip. And he goes on this road trip to the place that doesn't necessarily exist. Now, um, if you've ever read Stephen King's Nightmares and Dreamscapes, it's a, it's a short short story compilation it's actually pretty good it's one of his mid-term books at the time it was new like everything is new um compared to you know he had written 20 30 novels before this right so it's in the middle of his career okay but there's one where a guy gets lost on a trip and he finds a little town this beginning of this story kind of reminds me of that story the Stephen King story is, it turns out, it's where rock stars go to, like, it's rock star heaven, and they have a concert every night. And it's a short story, so it kind of just, he's like, hey, that kind of looks like Elvis, but he's not sure. And it turns out it is Elvis, because Elvis is dead. This book starts off in that same way, where he's trying to get there, and people are like, Stillwater, what are you talking about? I've never even been there. He's like, it's an hour away. How could you have never heard of it? Then they get hassled by this police officer. The police officer's like, I'm just kidding, guys. You go ahead, you know, because he's, like, trying to scare them from going to Stillwater. And then they decide, oh, I'm going to let him. So needless to say, they go to the town. They ask for the person who sent the envelope. That person doesn't exist anymore. That's when the kid falls off the roof. And that's where the story kind of comes in. Now, for whatever reason... So when things start getting weird, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was kind of thrown off because when they're going into the town... Normally in a comic book, when you reach the town, there's a huge splash page that kind of gives you a, a, a setting, you know, an establishing Welcome shot. Welcome to this town. Right. Yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> the, the panel is kind of roughly drawn, and it's not very detailed. And I mean, it doesn't even look like they're driving on the street. It looks like they're driving on a piece of ice. Like, <laughs> okay. So I what I kind of gathered from that is that it was like going into this town. It looks like every other right. American it's, town. It's, it's, it's normal. It's town. really nothing special. And then the weird stuff starts happening and proves you wrong. Yeah, yeah. There's a pack of dogs here. Cat gives them a dirty look. If it's black, of course. They go into a diner. People just are tripping out on them when he's do, asking for do directions. Cats, do cats give looks that aren't dirty? Is the yes, sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When they want food. Lovey. Yeah. Lovey or eyes. they give you the dirty look like, hey, are you going to feed me or what? Yeah. It just depends. Most cat cats are that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. B, give me some food. Now. Now. Yeah. 
So anyways, this guy's got anger issues, and of course, you know, the cop's like, hey, you guys just need to get out of here. And at this is after they see the kid fall and not die. And he's like, what did you say to me? And then the cop tries to grab him, and of course he tries to beat up the cop, and then the cop rolls him. Oh, yeah. And because he starts fighting with guys who can beat him up. Needless to say, there's a lot, there's not much more I can give about the book without spoiling some good stuff, but I think this is, this was my favorite read of the week, actually. And I decided to do this book before I finished reading it. The book paces very well. The panels are very easy to see. The action shots tell you exactly what's going on. You can read everything in between the shots, the things that we talk about all the time. There's nothing bad about this book, in my opinion. Um... It, it, it reminded me of that Stephen King book, which I was like, oh, man, I kind of recognize this. But, I mean, you kind of recognize everything. See, this is that panel where the kid's looking down on him and see how his eyes are completely blacked out. Oh, uh, yeah. He's kind of giving him the, like, <laughs> you're the idiot and I'm okay look. Okay. It's, it's a super inter- interesting book and it takes a super dark turn here at the end where the cop's taking him to the edge of town for a reason I can't really explain right. and then something they think very shocking happens <laughs> yeah something yeah. super shocking you think that they are going to be taken out and maybe murdered and that's probably the plan other things happen or do they um, needless to say I'm definitely going to be reading this book okay uh, I was already on board because Zarsky is, is a, a writer that I'm he's really into right now right he's killing everything he touches nice and then you know of course at the very end there's a surprise twist Appearance by somebody who may be important to the story. Okay. Which is like every comic. It's got to have a good ending. Right. So it's more, it's a, a good hook on that, on that first issue. Yeah, absolutely. Everything about this book is great. Yeah. Um, I love nice. the arch. I love the way it was written. I love what it's about. Uh, yeah. That cover is, is pretty enticing. Yeah. It, yeah I, I never, unless you hate horror and then you'd be yeah. like, ah, oh, that's not for me. Well, and I don't even, I, I don't even know yet that this is a horror story. It like doesn't necessarily feel like that yet. Um, I really liked this too. I think that it's paced perfectly. The cliffhanger happens exactly where it feels like it should. Mm-hmm. The the I think the sheriff character is super interesting because yeah, there's something going on there. Yeah, well, he starts out just being like he starts out suspicious of them, and then he, they kind of like win him over. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, you guys are fine. Just go on into town, and then he the really he turns on a dime with them. Like it, right. And, uh, well, the town <laughs> has a secret and. The secret just can't, simply can't get out. And that's what it boils down to, is this is a special town where special things happen. And it's a super small town. There's not even a sign to the ro- on the road. Yeah. Okay. Like, there, you can't find it unless you know where it is and you're looking for it. And there's sort a reason of, for that. So sort of seems like he's, that's maybe He's in charge. He's the muscle bet- behind keeping it that way. He's not the end-all, be-all, because they talk about this judge. Yeah, there's definitely. And other people are like, hey, we need to talk to the judge before we make this action. And he's like, oh, they would agree with what I'm doing. <laughs> and yeah and so like i've been given this job i know how to do it <laughs> right right exactly needless to say um it pick it up because it's good yeah Sweet. for for me like i was i was in for the whole thing just because it's chip Zdarsky, mm-hmm. but i'm definitely this makes me feel good about that call <laughs> like i I'm think definitely he, he named up. himself Zdarsky so that people would get it wrong Probably, you know? yeah. He's like, oh, this name is impossible to pronounce. Maybe. <laughs> and it stands out. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely unique. Like, there's yeah. no, I don't know. I've never known anyone named Zadarsky or Chip. Oh, there's a Z and a D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was picturing it like S A, like S A D. Oh. 
yeah, yeah, sardine sort of spelling. Yeah, no, Zadarsky. Yeah, he does. He didn't know anyone figured, in elementary school with that. I figured he was Jewish. <laughs> Take it back. Take it you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, cool. It seems Polish to me. Polish, but because Polish names are always there's too many consonants. Okay. Yeah. I ain't that bright. Like Losek. Is that Polish? Oh, uh, everything's suppose- coming together now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, like uh, Bill wow. Sienkiewicz. Like if you look at Bill Sienkiewicz's last name, you're like, how the, how the heck do I pronounce this? There's like three, there's like, there's like two Z's and three C's and H's. Good news is most of those are silent. <laughs> yeah. Why are they even there? Why are they, they there? <laughs> so, Jason. Jason, hit us with, uh, hit us with your book. So my book this week is Star Wars number six, uh, written by Charles Sewell and drawn by, uh, what's his first name? Of course, it's not on the first page. That guy. His last name is Saiz. Oh, it is on the first page. It's Jesus Saiz. Um, and then he colored Jesus. it with Ar- Arif Prianto and lettered by uh, Clayton Cowles, uh, time-honored favorite Clayton Cowles. Um, so this is the sixth issue in the current ongoing Star Wars book. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, the Star Wars books, recent, like up to this up to a certain point they were taking place between a new hope and empire strikes back. And they recently just switched that forward to where now they're taking place between empire strikes back and return of the Jedi. So this series picks up with, you know, with Luke having lost his hand. He's also lost his lightsaber. The rebel fleet is scattered across the the galaxy because of all the, of all the stuff that went down at the end of empire strikes back. Well, they had to leave Hoth because that's where the base was. Yeah, yeah. They, they leave left Hoth the oven floor. They went to Hoth, and then they were found at Hoth, and so now they're Because Empire Strikes Back is basically you're just following the you're you're following the main crew, and then Luke goes off to Dagobah to, to train with Yoda, and then the rest of everybody else in the crew is just sort of like on this mad race of survival. Like they're the whole time they're just trying to like stay far enough ahead of the Empire to where they to where they just stay alive. And this is definitely sort of continuing on that same bit. The the rebellion's a little bit in shambles. Um, Luke is off on his own because he's decided that he is going to go on this quest to track down his lightsaber. And if he can't do that, then find somebody who can show him how to make a new one. And so Luke is on this trip. trip. He's got R2 with him. And at the end of last issue, he had f- found somebody with some amount of force um, of uh, capability with the force and she immediately like trap like she has all these traps set up and she traps him in this pool and then these these uh, it basically traps him underwater in this pool and he's gonna drown which is really a pretty screwed up way to kill somebody but <laughs> <laughs> I'm told it's very soothing once you're there I mean, I there's someone who's been through it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, someone <laughs> who's around. You after the yeah. fact. Um, yeah, exactly. They didn't die, though. But I've also heard the opposite, oh. is that it's extremely excruciating. Anyway, um, so this character, I, I'm blanking on her name right now, but... Mara Jade. <laughs> no, it's not Mara Jade. But Princess she, Leia. But she turns out to be a, uh, an, a, like an, a Padawan who is like who was like right at the beginning of her training when when order 66 happened and the order fell 
So she really, like, she has capabilities with the Force, but she's, like, extremely untrained. And uh, she hears who he is. She's like, you're Luke Skywalker? You're Darth Vader's son? Like, there's no <laughs> way in hell I'm trusting you. Like, I'm just going to kill you and get, oh, get it over with. Hold on, though. At this point, nobody knows that. I mean, he just found out. So how does well, everybody else know? She was in the Jedi Order. So she would have learned about the fall of Anakin Skywalker and... Yeah, but nobody knew that he had kids. But the guy shows up, Force-sensitive, with the same last name? <clears throat> <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a leap in logic, but... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so R2 saves him by coming up behind her and zapping her. So while she's unconscious, uh, Luke... Luke basically ties her up, and but he sticks around so that he can... Uh, so he can ask her a few questions. And, of course, he's Luke Skywalker, so he's super nice to her. And he comes <laughs> up to her with a knife, and she's like, what, are you going to kill me and finish the job? And he just cuts her bonds. So it kind of disarms the situation. Luke's a good dude, through and through. Yeah, That's absolutely. Like but uh, the reason I find this issue interesting um, is because of her character. And if I'm going to talk to her, talk about her a bunch, I should probably... Mon Ver Verla. Verla is her name. So you, I've, you've... I mean, I've read a lot of Star Wars stuff. I've watched a lot of Star Wars stuff. And I've never come across anybody in Star Wars lore that has this, the same attitude about the Force that Verla does. And so from her perspective, she had just sort of started down this journey and then everything fell apart and now she had to spend the rest of her life on the run. Like, she talks about how she, her whole life she's been like just desperately trying to stay one step ahead of Darth Vader and his inquisitors and so that she could just survive. Like, she's like, I'm not trying to learn about the force. I'm just trying to survive. And so he comes to her to try, try to learn. And she tells him like, listen, Luke, this force thing is dangerous. Like you're going to get, you're going to get all these weird visions and try to learn about your destiny and, everything seems so important when it comes to the force, but it really at the end of the day, it's just going to get you killed. You're going to get hair and funny places. <laughs> <laughs> what are you on about? <laughs> just the way that you were talking about all the you know, weird things and this. It was just funny. She seems so wise. I mean, so she's a Padawan. She needs to turn on 66, that. Right? So that means she's probably in her mid-30s? Something like that. Yeah, she's, she's well, no, older no, than him, early but 30s. she's... Yeah, she's older than him, but she's not like old. She's just she's hard. She's she's hardened by circumstances. <laughs> like she's just trying to get up, to stay alive. And so Luke says, "Hey, you know, I get what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from, but like, I I need to do this. Like, I need to figure out how to how to train, how to continue my training because I need to take down the Empire. Like, people are dying. I can't really turn my back." So she said, okay, fine. So I heard about this place. This is where I was going to head to last time. Uh, you should be able to find some answers there. So Luke shows up at this temple. And, of course, you know, they take an opportunity to say, hey, this temple is from the time of the High Republic, which is like this big multimedia Star Wars initiative that they're going to be pushing in the next few months. And uh, guess who's writing the uh, debut novel? 
f- for that. Chip Zarsky. Charles Sewell. Oh. <laughs> Jason Aaron. So, <laughs> Jason Aaron. Oh, I read the crap out of that. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to read it anyway, but... So he shows up at this temple and there's a bunch, there's like a holocron there and he finds this lightsaber. It's like this ancient lightsaber with a yellow blade. And then somebody shows up that we might recognize. It's the High Inquisitor. And we don't know why he is the way he is right now. Or maybe it's just part of something that I haven't read yet or I haven't come across. But Luke has to face him to like survive and get out of there. And then... uh and this is pre-Jedi Luke, so he's still yeah, pretty... Yeah, this is pre-Jedi Luke. Pretty, so. Uh, so he's still pretty green. Cruddy like, in yeah. the Force. Um, he just, you know, lost a pretty important duel with his father. But I just... I like this... I, I like the idea of Luke sort of, like, flying by the seat of his pants and trying to figure out, like, well, I need to learn how to use the Force, but I don't really know how to do that. And I kind of screwed up my one opportunity to learn, so... But, you know, the galaxy still needs me, so I need to figure this out. But I, 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 so this Star Wars book, I feel like, is taking a little bit of, a little bit of time to get going, but now we're getting to story points that I'm actually finding interesting. It's on number, what, six? Yeah, it's on number six. So the first, the first arc was. Essentially, the first arc was. It's, it's, like I said, the pacing on it is a little slow, and I feel like it's starting to get to the, the stuff that I'm interested in. Okay. So between, you know, I Luke on his hero's journey and then this character that has a has a perspective on the force that I had really never come across before, we're like she just she's like indifferent. Well, she she views the force Jaded. itself as a dangerous thing. Right. Like it's she doesn't see it in light side or dark side terms she she never gotten to that point in her like you know indoctrination or whatever it's weird that he finds a yellow saber while having all this middle of the road conversation you know yeah yeah for sure that's i'm sure that's i mean that might be symbolic um it definitely explains why there's a yellow lightsaber on the front cover here yeah yeah for sure yeah. Well, i was that, like what's yeah, he yeah. doing with a yellow saber what's when i was ba- when i was bagging and boarding books on um on tuesday. T- on tuesday i was like oh luke's got a yellow saber here what's going on with that it's the i saw that in in uh one of the comic book things i read and it was like oh coming up it's the first appearance of a yellow saber in so, comics gosh. yeah so keep 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 your eye out everybody that's a first appearance we've got copies for eight hundred dollars <laughs> right <laughs> do you have more copies on the shelf so uh, many yeah. times okay. and they're not eight hundred dollars there's so many price. Like, <laughs> I just, just a little bit of a tirade but like the things that bit. speculators latch on to to like try to convince each other that they're going to make money off of this right. are just so dumb if, so many times if you're trying, my favorite example go ahead Oh, I was just going to say, if you're going to try and try and speculate like that, you're going to end up losing money overall. You know, by the time you find the one that's going to be worth a hundred bucks, by the time it's worth a hundred bucks, it's a year later and you've bought a lot of comic books. Well, and I'm convinced that like up to a certain value threshold, it's just speculators selling books to each other. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That first, like, like that, that money is just circulating uh, through the I, same I people. I think it's just that same that up to like fifty bucks about maybe is just speculators selling to each other on eBay. There you go. So when the Captain Marvel movie was about to come out, there was a uh, movie poster, and it was Captain Marvel standing in a, an air- airplane hangar, and in the far left-hand corner, her right, stage right, there's a little cat. 
And if you've seen the movie, oh, yeah. you know that the, the cat's a flurgan. And it's, it's a big part of the storyline. But everybody went crazy for the first appearance of this dumbass cat <laughs> in right. Captain Marvel comic books. And you're like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> Some of it's weird, man. I like my suggestion to anybody out there is like if if you're gonna try and speculate like that, save your money and buy one of those old comic books. Yeah, that buy are, something you know is a good investment. Right. Yeah. Not only that, but is a, a a key comic book that's important Basically to a blue stories. Chip stock in of the comic book world. Yeah. Right. Buy a okay. buy a New Mutants ninety eight because that's gonna that's gonna go nowhere but Wait up. Wait you know? That's where that you brought up New Mutants ninety eight. Isn't that Steve-O's favorite book? <laughs> it is. It is. And one Steve-O of the members of this of podcast recently acquired a. I did. Oh. <laughs> is that um, off? Is that off in Florida yet? No. No. Oh, okay. No. I'm pressing books actively. Okay. Ooh. Speaking of that, oh my God, I'm pressing books panic. right now. <laughs> oh my God! Um, no, I was just afraid. There's a water like part. Yeah, yeah. On you get the you get the comic kind of moist. Oh, do you, you press it? Yeah, yeah, that's what. Oh, Jesus! Don't tell me that. I'm never doing that again. Scary. That's that's water, why I don't like to press them very much. You're, I mean, you're Ooh. essentially ironing it, your book. It. It's right. water and heat. Okay. Yep. Water, heat, and pressure. That's right. Terrifies me. It is very scary, and I practice with some garbage books. Chris, Chris almost had to, Chris almost was, had to buy a book from me. <laughs> I was had to, to buy him a Young Avengers number one because he gave it to me to press, and, and I was I was trepidatious about pressing this book, and then I left it in the water bath a little too long, and so it kind of warped it, oh, and wow. so I had to do a, a, a pretty substantial press job on it. I mean, wow. I got a nine four out of that book. So yeah, yeah, it you came out good. Right. Yeah. Okay. There you it go. Came out right. Cool. Um, um, scary. Yeah, keep us updated with that book. Um, part of part of why I bought it was, you know, I I do like um, Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him in the movies. I don't. I do not like him in the comic books. And that first appearance was nothing like he is now in comics. He's, he's just a mercenary out to kill people. Yep. He, and he it can was, get kind of tiresome in comics. Right. And it was, you know, it was up here for for a couple weeks, and I was like, you know what? Let's let's educate people about getting comic books certified and educate them on pressing and stuff like that. So something I, I can't do is clean. I did not I know about the water. Myself. Yeah, it's scary. Right? Yeah, that's part of it for sure. Oof. I don't suggest it on newer books. Right. You can find, if it's a newer book, you can find the copy that you need. Just right, buy four of them and yeah. have them graded and then. That's what I do. I'll send them yeah. my, all my doubles, all my extras, and then whichever one's is higher. best, I'll keep one and then I bring it to the shop to to sell or what have you yeah this is a good idea so star wars are you um, yellow saber mm -hmm. it's (laughs) it's another one that drives me crazy is like speculators love donny cates right writer who's do he's on Thor right now he's on venom right now there's a reason though yeah he because donny cates has 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 shown that he has this ability to create new new aspects of a character's mythology that seem to have staying power the best example of that is null for venom like he created the god of the symbiotes and that seems to that seems to have staying power so speculators are really enjoying are really fond of donny cates but it's to the point where every issue it seems like every issue that donny cates puts out they're like, oh, it's the first, it's the first appearance of this crazy thing, or you know, because of something that happened in this issue, we're going to retroactively call something that happened in this issue ten years ago, as the first appearance of this thing oh, that right. Donny Cates I was just about created. That last week with the wraith. Yeah, 
the X salon or whatever, you know, had nothing to do with Venom or Null because it didn't exist, and now it, it is. Now it does. So yeah. The the real egregious one is Scott Snyder. And no, it's laughs. it's the well that it's egregious for. <laughs> he different says reasons. he's been writing stuff for this for that character for the last ten years in spots. I mean, it makes sense. Okay. Anyway, maybe he is. Yeah, yeah, and I I believe him when he says that, but. But when people take something like, it's like Thor, God of Number, or Thor, Thor, God of Thumber, Thunder, Thor, God of Thunder, mm-hmm. Number Six, or something like that, they're like, oh well, this is actually the first appearance of Null. Right, right. It's like you mean a book that another writer did like six years ago is the right, first appearance of this sense. character that Donny Cates created two years ago? That yes. Doesn't make any sense. Things it drives are me crazy. Now. Um, before the what if comic books, but yeah, I'll sell you four yet. copies of God Thor God of Thunder number eight or whatever. Yeah, sure, yeah, why not? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> Come buy them. It. Yeah. Um, there's a what if where what if Jane Foster had become I'm, Thor? I'm looking for that book. If it comes through here, you should have been for looking me. for it for like a year ago because now it's expensive. No, yeah. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen one in a long time. Right. I still, I still want that one. Okay, but that used to not matter that. because it's not even. You know, it's speculation. It's an else world. It's not six right. one six. And it's one of those things that I didn't know it existed until it got popular. And when Jane Foster was Thor, I loved that story. I think you're better off getting a, a Thor number one, like the the, actual, the Jane Foster one. Yeah, the one where she actually is. Oh, Thor. I have, we I have, have graded that. and ungraded here in the store, folks. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you have a graded one. Yeah, there's actually, I've got the 1 in 25 cover, yeah. the 1 per store cover, and then the A cover all graded. We've nice. got incentive variants and everything. Because uh, <laughs> people went pretty heavy on that book when it came out. Well, <clears throat> and it turns out for good reason, because it was a good enough story for them to feel like they could make a movie out of it. Yeah, it was it was a, an amazing run, and I might look at those graded ones that you guys are we talking about. We have ungraded about. too, man. That's, I, heard, that's oh, I have them. I have the whole entire series. Uh, but, I mean, if it's already graded, uh, maybe I'll pick it up. Um, so Star Wars. Yours graded. So... Um, so you. I will, I mean, I'm subscribed to star Wars and I'm always going to be subscribed to the, at least the star Wars, like the main ongoing title. So I'm definitely picking up issue seven, Sweet. but now I'm a little bit more excited to read issue seven than I was earlier after issue in five. the week. Yeah. After issue five. <laughs> there you go. So cool. So, so should we all so, read it? I mean, is it something that you think we'd all would enjoy? I Even think as, I think star as star Wars, as star Wars fans, like, just check out the Marvel stuff. It's been at least solid from the beginning. And well, and I feel like if Charles Soule's a a good writer and if you're in the in-between Empire and Jedi, yeah, where he comes back and he's like telling Jabba like, yeah. no, this is how it's going to work. Like that whole <laughs> setup getting Lando inside he's Jabba's using palace. Old Jedi mind trick. Uh, um, like that should be the storyline, right? Getting Getting Lando inside Jabba's palace eventually should be in the story. Yeah, and that you should follow Luke along along his path of getting from get having his hand chopped off at the end of Empire because he loses to the point where he's where he's that badass who he, walks into Jabba's palace. He goes like this right. when he gets it chopped off. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a wrist where he wouldn't That's have a wrist because his hands cut off. That's impossible. That's totally impossible. So. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. I I love Star Wars, so I'm always yeah. going to be reading, watching, or anything that has to do with Star Wars. Me too. I would like to see the story of how Luke gets 
the skills to become a Jedi Knight. And then who right. who knights him? Like, like he yeah. knights himself. <laughs> like, what kind He's of like, I'm ready. saber does? I'm ready. What kind He's, of sword does he put on his own shoulder? Uh, so he doesn't. You know, like, uh, there's there's some gotta be careful with ginger. Sure yeah, want to burn your ear off. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, if, how, I mean that's that should be this storyline so i mean we're only six issues in and honestly and they usually go up into the 30s or so don't oh, they? oh it was i mean the 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 uh star wars series that like jason aaron started and yeah that, and that wrapped up a few months ago um that was gosh how many issues did that get to like 80 right yeah so we've got we've got that whole entire story yeah to go. so it has a it's potentially a long and why isn't he just looking for his saber in cloud city because he he'll well, probably he, right by he, his hand he does he, yeah. Look, and it's right by his hand. Cool. Just pick up the hand. <laughs> There's my hand. There's my saber. <laughs> put it together. Um, so uh, like I could get my hand, but I got this cool robot one now. So yeah. I'm just going to leave this here. Metal bones. Always go uh. with metal bones. Uh, is that all you had with Star Wars? Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm. Please read Star Wars. If you're a Star Wars fan, you're doing a disservice by not at least checking out the Marvel stuff. Right. It's Disney cool. needs your money. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think so. But you know, Give we Disney also my money. But, I hate it. But, but I'll do Astro it. Zombies <laughs> also gets your money when you come and buy Star Wars books here. So that's true. And if Good you want point. to sell you some, yeah, if you want your local comic book shop to stay open, you gotta buy stuff. Um, so it's funny you were talking of Donny Cates, um, Donny Cates and Thor. That's my book this week. Um, I read Thor number seven, uh, written by Donny Cates, art by Aaron Cooter, colors by Matt Wilson. Um, right off in the bat, right off the bat, uh, there's this weird story about this guy working on a truck and he kind of had a, you know, kind of got into trouble and stuff like that, but just kind of kept to himself and took over his dad's shop and just worked on cars and all that stuff. Is this in like a small town? Do we know? Yeah. yeah. Small town in Brock, it's Broxton. Broxton, Oklahoma. So, um, and are you familiar with the history with Broxton, Oklahoma, with Thor? I'm not. No. Oh. So back in the Straczynski run, which was right after the whole like Thor Ragnarok stuff, where all the Asgardians died. So when Thor is resurrected, he is all of a sudden the only Asgardian left, and so he brings Asgard and parks it right outside of Broxton, Oklahoma, which is like this tiny, this tiny little town in, in like the middle of flat Oklahoma. Right. And they, they do allude to that. They talk yeah. about that a little bit. So that okay. makes sense. So there's like, there's a reason that Thor chose Broxton for this, for the events of this book. Okay. Um, and that, I, that, uh, that's Straczynski run. If you haven't read it and you're a Thor fan, that's a, that's a must read in my opinion. It's great. So the, uh, the thing I like about it is he's he's talking about all the stuff, getting into trouble, and then just kind of keeping to himself and working in the shop. Um, one of his his quotes here at the end is um, it says it's a poor workman who blames his tools, and so he's talking about fixing trucks, fixing cars, and he's always had these old tools, all the same stuff he's used over and over and over again. People have always asked him, well, you're, you're successful and you, you could buy new tools. You could do this. And that's what he says. It's a poor workman who blames his tools. I have a specific tool. That's my Chevy combo wrench. It's a half inch wrench and it's the only wrench that will get onto the distributors so you can adjust your timing. They don't make a wrench like that. I bent it myself 
and my oh, dad's wow. the one who showed me how to do it. So there's absolutely a reason to keep old tools sometimes like that. Right, exactly. And he, that, that statement is, is placed right over Thor's hammer as it lands in Broxton, Oklahoma. There's definitely a thematic parallel. Right, exactly. So it's, it's part one of two called Hammerfall. Um, I tried to take notes. Um, I, would, like, I was doing all sorts of stuff yesterday, so I was reading books in the car. Blaming your tools? <laughs> nope. Uh, so I used a tool because I forgot, I forgot my notepad. So I just used my phone, but the only notes that I took on this one was, there's a lot of talking, honestly, kind of a slower issue, but the story here interests me to continue. I mean, you read the last issue, right? And beta Ray bill. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> beta Ray bills in this issue. You're not s- serious, are you? I'm dead serious. He's yeah, one of my awesome. favorites. Yeah, he's great. So the, the hammer lands in, in, um, Oklahoma and I I guess th- Thor kind of I don't know he's he's sitting here he's talking with Beta Ray Bill Beta Ray Bill is kind of standoffish he he doesn't really seem like he wants to be there well something went down between them a few issues ago right so they uh who Thor and Beta Ray Bill yeah they are don't they often have issues yeah right but so if you know if you know their like Beta Ray Bill's first uh, first appearance they were fighting each other so right right right. yeah yep um so it it all harkens back to kind of this vision of of thanos that um that thor saw in the future and i i'm interested to see where that goes um so they're obviously tying in a new thanos story here i don't know where when that's going to kick off but it's very much in the background that Thanos is still out there. I'm good without Thanos for a long time. I mean, I can think of a trillion other people. Not I a trillion, but I feel that. Other. I mean, Thanos is one of my favorite characters, honestly, and so I do get excited to see him. But just like you know, just like we were talking about, it's the um, Joker syndrome. It's the, right. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to do their take on the Joker. Everybody want now. Everybody wants to do their Thanos story. Right, and it's it's like I I get it, but I mean. Is he still just trying to kill half of everybody for the better of the universe? I mean, is that no, that's well, that's kind of never really been Than That was Thanos's mo in the movie. Well, he's a bit more. Well, right, yeah. He's I mean, a bit more straight up diabolical in the comics. Well, he's he trying to win the affection of Lady Death, not, not Lady Death, but not Polito, anymore. Lady Death, but the embodiment of Death in the right. Marvel comic books. But not anymore. Like they've, it seems like they're moving away from that story that because of the sense. movies. It makes sense to me. She's Death. Right. You killing people isn't going to impress her because she can do that herself. Right? True. I mean... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes and no. I mean, if... When, I'm if, not going to try and impress Jessica by bringing her beer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. But you if, you think, like, if you think that you would like, impress her by, like, <laughs> look at what I've found from the far reaches of the Bermuda Triangle, try that. Yes. Right. Okay. And so, like, I think that was Death's kind of idea is, like, you like Death, that's what you do. Guess what? Snap half of the universe It's a really cool way yours. of doing it is just killing half of everything. Right. So um, he did it for love, man. Back off. <laughs> I would do anything for love. I won't do I won't that. I won't do that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, moving, moving right along. Um, so this hammer, this hammer lands in Oklahoma, and all of a sudden, Iron Man shows up. And, uh, I, you know, so I, I want to 
Iron Man's in this book I too. I want to preface yeah. this show with like I, I understand spoilers. I understand people kind of get upset with spoilers, but we're just here talking about the books that we want to talk about. We want to talk about the parts that we want to talk about. If you get upset with spoilers, the, here comes a spoiler. Um, <laughs> <Tough tushy. laughs> right. Um, so I, love, I, th- I think it's funny the way Donny Cates writes Iron Man in this book, though. Yeah, he's he's a little <laughs> he, weird here, but but he his uh, take on Tony Stark is that. Tony's kind of a jerk. So isn't that the case though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well that it actually brought up a good point because we are going to be talking about the Iron Man that's that's new. The the art doesn't match up. And so at what point does this story take line in comparison with that one? Well, he's wearing that armor in the beginning of this book. In the that's beginning of the book he's yeah, he's yeah, doing that with one. The triangle, yeah. Okay. I didn't see that. That's okay. Okay. That's why I ask the questions and that's why Indeed. we get answers. Anyway, so he shows up and he's like, how did you even get to, like, it, it's the, the guy that was working on the trucks. He calls him. And he's like, he, here, he here's, this, here's the thing. Directly. He said, here's, here's the thing. I understand you called me because this, the hammer is here. Uh, how did you get my personal number? And he's like, well, look right over here. And it's written on the hammer. Call Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah. and it's where, got his phone number. The part where Mjolnir normally has the inscription, the, you know, who... Who, whoever holds his hammer, yeah, or if, yeah, he yeah. if he be worthy, it just says "Call Tony Stark" and then has his phone number. <laughs> so, and he just says, "Damn it, Thor!" <laughs> <laughs> so Thor somehow modified Molnir to have. I mean, a business Thor's card. the king of Asgard now. Like, he can do whatever he he's wants. He's got all the power of Odin, so he can he can change things. I can do what I want. That's uh, interesting. So they're you know they they go back to to Thor and uh, Beta Ray Bill. And Thor's essentially asking him to fight for him, really. And he's like, dude, you broke my you broke my hammer. You remember <laughs> like, that? I'd love to, but remember like a f- like three issues ago when you shattered my hammer? And so he's like, <laughs> wait, I have a wall. Stormbreaker is no more? Yeah. Correct. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's like, I've got a wall of <laughs> weapons here. You can choose whatever you want. And he's like... Where's Molnir? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going with Molnir. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so it's, I don't know. It's pretty interesting. Um, and what what ends up happening is, so the again we're talking about how the words can change on the hammer. Eventually, it changes to pick it up, and because everybody knows they're like, well, you have to be worthy. You have to be this. And so Iron Man is kind of like, I'm not even. I'm not playing. Not playing your games. I'm not doing that. And so the dude that's standing there is like, pick it up. Okay. And then some things happen. What? <laughs> yeah. So I I like it, and I'm... There's a problem that's been presenting itself with Mjolnir from the first issue on. And it's essentially that Thor has been noticing that Mjolnir has steadily been getting heavier for him. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And then... I just haven't paid attention to that. Lighter for everyone else. Oh. Yeah. It's not as picky? Yeah, so something's, so the something's wrong with Mjolnir, and so this is Thor, in his own way, sort of figure like figuring out what. And so it's he, got some miles on it, you know, like it was thrown into the sun recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. So I mean, it's millennia old at this point. Yeah, yeah. But so he he's he's testing a theory, and so that's why he sends it to Broxton. Oh, right. So it's a place this, that he's already familiar with and has fondness towards. Mm-hmm. He loves the people of Broxton. So, trying to figure out, can you pick it up? 
Can you pick it can up? You pick well, it? Can think you pick it up? You I get think... a hammer. You get a hammer. <laughs> well, I think who he's... Everybody gets a hammer. I think who what he's testing is... He's like, who, like, I'm thinking of the person who probably would have the least have the most trouble picking up Mjolnir <laughs> out so of the Avengers and right. so he has he has them summon Tony Stark <laughs> that's hilarious because he's like eh, don't call Captain America because he I can kinda, pick it up he already has. know he can lift it so who's the who who would be the ultimate test of this theory okay and so he, he has Tony come but turns out someone else maybe picks so that explains the front cover where there's like right. there's like yeah. Iron Man hand and Groot yeah. hand and, yeah. and some it other hands like Spider Man, Iron Man, Spider Man could pick it up, Captain probably. Marvel and Groot. I think Spider Man's worthy, but I do too. Absolutely, I might not. be a little biased. <laughs> you take it back, Chad. Never. Chad hates Spider Man. Everybody, Sinjar hate mail too. Thirty one hundred yeah. Central yeah. Avenue. Yeah. I don't if care. If there's for like it. if there's like a confidence aspect to being <laughs> worthy of Mjolnir. I think maybe that would be the thing that keeps Spider-Man from picking it up. Sure. Because sure. Spider-Man's always beating himself up. Yeah, for yeah. sure. He did kill his first girlfriend. <laughs> and he killed his uncle, too. <laughs> totally killed yeah, his yeah. uncle. His whole thing He's is a mad built. killer. Yeah. And Ned Leeds. <laughs> yeah. He's a murderer. <laughs> he's a murderer. He's, <laughs> he's not picking that thing up. <laughs> he's worse than the Punisher. He should be I mean, mad at himself. Right. Thor kills people. So, um, <laughs> Thor deprecating. Thor kills all kinds of stuff. Like but at any rate, uh, Thor number seven. I'm going to pick up issue number eight. So me too. That's our. It's very good. I, I don't know if it's as good as six was. Okay. Right? Six was six was like a, a the end of the story arc. Yeah, that though. was a story was arc. Amazing climax. You know. Right. Um, this is sort of a quiet interlude. That so, you know. next. It's the next story. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And story. it's a two-issue story, which is really good. But speaking of Iron Man showing up, Jess, what did you read this week? We all read, but this is our book of the week. I read Iron Man Variant Edition 1. <laughs> That's just so, the cover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, um, so this is a variant of Iron Man, the first issue, yeah, right? It's just, well, it's just a different cover. Oh, okay. So what is it called when it's a new story, though? Uh, it's, an it's a new number. That's one. an Alex okay, Ross cover. Yeah. So no, this, no, no, that's this, way different. Yep, this, this is them, the same book. This is them relaunching the on the. It's Iron a new you volume. Guys told me this gosh like knows two which weeks ago, and I'm already. It's okay. Eight <laughs> okay. Or nine or twelve. You've had a few other things to think about between then and now. So <laughs> yeah, so I like this cover. That one's good. There's a yeah. premiere variant and a sketch variant to that book. That cover as well. No, oh, okay. So first edition of a new story arc for Astro Zombies. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, written by Christopher Cantwell, mm-hmm. and artist is Cafu? Yeah, Cafu. Cafu. So, so I'll go into a little bit, and, and I'm not interrupting, I'm just going to give you some Please history. Please <laughs> Chris Cantwell wrote, uh, he actually started in film, he's a producer and a, a showrunner, but he wrote a book called She Could Fly, which was, I believe is on... Um, I think it's on Image. Is it Image? Yeah. I think it... Well, anyways, I'm pretty it's, sure it's image. She could fly is about um, social anxiety and potential schizophrenia. Okay. And it resonated very hard with those communities, and so it, it got a lot of fanfare. And it's actually a very good book. Um, he also is doing the current run on Doctor Doom. Yeah, he's doing a Doctor Doom book right now, which is super, so good, super yeah. good. And the coolest thing he's doing right now is he's the showrunner on the new Paper Girl show, which oh, has me super snap. excited. Yeah, yeah, that that's awesome. Now, Cafu is actually Carlos Alberto, Alberto Fernandez Urbano, and that's what Cafu stands for. 
That's cool. Okay. And uh, he's worked Image, DC, Valiant. I mean, he's done work on all yeah. of it. Black I've Panther, X Men. I've definitely seen that name on books before, for sure. He also he also did a Jane Foster run, and uh, yeah. So that's that's uh, that's the story of Cafu. So now you know. Cool. <laughs> so now we know that's because my first thought when I when I see something like that, it usually means like it's like a team that works together, and so you know it'll be like I you know I tend to do all the pencils and then the other person on the team does all the inks and colors and so they'll like they'll publish under a pseudonym that may be like some combination of their two names or something okay. that's what I thought at first so I thought it was interesting to me yeah totally and I thought it was interesting that they would go by Cafu and so at first I was like is this a a group like you, yeah, you yeah, said yeah. so I did a little homework and it turns out it's it's one dude cool but it's you know four names yeah nice. absolutely but, uh, cool. I I liked <laughs> this was my favorite um, art so far. Okay, for yeah, yeah. me, I liked. It's very good. Um, it almost felt three D in a way. I don't know, just very realistic. I liked the like the color palettes and the shading a lot, um, and I really liked the story. So, tell us a little bit uh, about the story. Yeah, so it looks like Tony's kind of having a little bit of a existential crisis okay absolutely um, yeah when it comes to just his whole existence and uh yeah so it just seems like he's you know which is funny we're talking about selling out at the beginning of this because i did not mm -hmm. do that on purpose but you know living with the identity he has as being a very wealthy person who's also a superhero and having a lot of the criticism sent very, his way. Very publicly a superhero too. Totally, yeah. Which is kind of uncommon for right. a lot of superheroes to yeah. have secret identities. And that's the trope that went with superheroes for decades in, in real life. As yeah, well. yeah. So I liked that. I th like resonated with that a little bit um, just in terms of trying to please everyone and also be responsible for. Keep in mind he's also a warmonger. I mean, he, right. he, he his father and then him consequently made all their money mm -hmm. selling weapons. Mm -hmm. So that's something that people just don't appreciate. Totally. Yeah. So obviously he's kind of going through a existential and maybe midlife crisis. This, this takes place after Iron Man 2020 thing. Yeah. So, so, so this is him having dealt with the fact that he's a robot. Yeah. He, he died and the way he brought himself back is he uploaded his consciousness into a sort of a new constructed body. So that's like how, like that's like what Tony's been dealing with on an inner level, like in the, for the last couple of years worth of comics. And so it makes sense that Tony's sort of at an impasse right now where he doesn't really know who he is right now. Sure. Is he a robot? Is he a robot? Um, I mean, he, he built him, he like grew himself a new body. So it's literally not his original body. Still. No, no. His brother still has his, his empire well i believe that this relaunch takes place after that okay storyline has it, resolved itself yeah, it seems as if he has it seems normal now because he's, well, he's and it talks all about kinds of money yep well it talks about how he he actually divested himself from from his company right right he, took a you know he sold off his shares and i think that's is that what you were getting at just yeah his golden parachute as totally yeah um I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I obviously am not as versed in his background story, but I think at least for me, Tony Stark is the most obvious, um, or I don't know, relatable superhero that I understand at least kind of the story and, um, obviously all the 
things that happened in the last movie that people were very emotional about. Yeah, but yeah, it's interesting sure. with the comics to have like how they switch around um, time frames, and mm-hmm. so that's been something that I've had a hard time tracking with. I'm like, well, what the part movies of the story? Are, uh, their own world. Yeah, have nothing to do and with it, this kind. Yeah. Of, yeah. So that's what I was wondering too. Like, it, are there correlations? Because I feel like sometimes, like you guys said, the comic books end up becoming the movies in some ways but sometimes they're not and so that was just a question i and they usually change them for a more uh a more audience like a bigger spread right yeah so in these yeah (laughs) in these because it's because it's not a movie you're trying to sell one thing to a bunch of people right this you're trying to sell a bunch of issues to a very few people specific demographic yeah so you do have to change the story a little bit once you turn it into a movie sure well when you think of it this way when when a book is adapted into a movie like when like a novel is adapted into a movie they change some things and it's not exactly the same story right comics are similar that they're they're except comics are this periodical that have been in public like in constant publication right for decades and decades so they're sort of condensing that story into into a movie and then that's how they adapt comics into movies is saying okay what parts of this character's history are like the super important like we can't leave this part out and how like it's picking those bits and right. making a movie out of that there's some that you have to leave in for fan service for fans of the comic but otherwise it'd be like like venom sure a lot of people and my biggest complaint about venom the movie is that there's no Spider-Man, and he's his whole origin revolves around Spider-Man. Right. So it's weird for him to not even mention Spider-Man and have nothing yeah. to do with it. Yeah. That's egregious. That's something that a lot of, I mean, the MCU specifically is like, well, we can't do something like that. So they, they henpick specific plot points and then kind of fabricate other things to make it all work. Okay. So then how are you able to, like, I'm just curious, as people who are loyal to the comics but then see the movies like are you able to compartmentalize all <laughs> at of those first things? no like I, yeah. yeah that's so a question comic I have. book fans i feel like have had to have this sort of conversation with themselves okay over the last 20 <laughs> yeah. or so years yeah they because as a fan of a thing you want to see the version of that thing that that you like the most right and so when the movie comes out and it's not exactly what you thought it was then a lot of people are mad about that and, and trash it a young yeah a younger version of me felt that way like i wanted it to be faithful to the comics mm-hmm. and now you know i'm at this point where for me personally as long as the essence of why i love that character is present in the movie then i'm along for it and you can just tell me a new story about this about this character oh. okay sure yep. it's like Part of the fun now of watching a superhero movie is to see what they do with what you know. Yeah. Um, the Spider-Man one with with Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire and X-Men number one, uh, Brian Singer. Uh, yeah. Those movies are way different than their source material. Okay. But it was those movies that kind of helped me realize that there's nothing I could do about it, obviously. Right. And I, why let this movie be spoiled? Let it let it happen because, yeah yeah because it's gonna happen and so it's been fun to see what they do with these characters yeah and it's that. to see like like you're talking about if you want to see exactly what's on the page up on the screen why you mm-hmm. already know that story mm-hmm. yeah so you for can me, just you could just read it right for yeah. me change it i want to see something new and i want to see it in a spectacle fashion on the screen <laughs> sure absolutely so, so as cool. long as you know as long as it 
respects the, the, the respects there, yeah. the reason that you love that character in the first right. place. Right. If you're changing the whole like personality of the character, then that's it's like trying yeah. to release a beer that you made with grapes. <laughs> no, sir, that's you made wine. a wine. <laughs> well, it's beer though. Like, yeah. But I put beer on the label. Beer. Right. Mm. And so that that does happen sometimes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's so I was just fun curious about that, that cuz yeah. I obviously no, kind of heard please. people uh talking about the most recent Infinity Avengers War? movie. Yeah, and or Endgame. Oh, Endgame. And having very specific feelings about that and then I was it's like, well, so where's the different though i mean that and this and i actually yeah. have an issue with the people that are being like that and i'm sorry me too but i mean you these actors let it they're, go this they're is actors the they're gonna age they're gonna age out of their roles yeah. they have to change they have to kill people off they have to move on mm-hmm. so. well and that's fair you can do a different thing with something like a movie universe or even like with with elseworlds at comic books you can do a thing where where that you can't do in ongoing superhero books where things actually have consequences right, and there yeah. are real stakes because you know at the end of a at the end of an iron uh, an arc of an iron man book you're pretty sure that iron man's going to win right right always yeah and Any th- and that all the you know even even if that character dies at the end of the thing, you know from the history of comic books that they're probably going to come back in right. some way. Yeah. I was going to say, like, taking this into exact consideration, he died, but now he's back. Yeah. Right. So exactly. when you said he died, I was like, well, when, which, di- which time? <laughs> because I've heard about a few times, but they're in different mediums. To so. my knowledge in comics, Tony's only died once. And okay. it's the most recent one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It, he's He's... He's died and been resurrected, like, in panel. Okay. Where he's, you know, like, the yeah. wounds were so significant that he died and they had to resurrect him. But I don't think he's died for time on end. Like, Wolverine, Superman, those guys have been dead. Yeah. Away from comics for years. Captain Marvel, the original Captain Marvel, is still dead to this day. Crazy. Yeah, and that's one that I don't think they'll ever bring they back. They better not, man. That would suck. <laughs> well, they've got another reason for that. Anyway, yeah. Tony is, it seems like he's just kind of off the rails a little bit, um, racing some people down the streets, buying expensive cars. He has this party, which I was a little confused about at first, but then you find out later why he has everyone at the party, which, which I don't want to spoil, which I thought was amazing. That's <laughs> yeah, what really hooked so me. Cool. I was like, that's. If I had money like that, I'd do that. Kind yeah. Of so I don't want to spoil <laughs> that, but I thought that was awesome. Um, Especially because I was like, well, why does he have this fancy party here? Okay. Did you notice one of the things I actually liked about the, the bunny, the bunny shoes? Yes, yep. I thought that was <laughs> yeah, so great. I wrote that down too. Yeah, I loved that. <laughs> so good. Which is when I kind of got the sense that the party wasn't what it looked like on the surface. Gotcha. Yeah. This um, scene reminded me of Iron Man 3 like so much. I had a hard time taking myself out of away from that because, yeah. I mean, it goes down. The guy tries to come talk to him. There's a whole bunch of people... Iron Man kind of doesn't care about. Yeah. Then a girl shows up and he blows that guy off. And then maybe or maybe not, he's a bad guy. We'll find out. Interesting. Well, you kind of understand why Tony blows him off, you know? I am doing the horns because Alex Ross's design for the new costume, which is actually a harking to the original. Yeah, it looks really cool. Well, I guess it would be Mark, Mark II. Isn't is it not the original like the or the Mark II? Yeah, this would Isn't be Mark that what he was II. saying yeah. that he pulled it out of the right locker, right because like. he's showing her. And I just think that the like I can't even believe that this is drawn. Right, it looks it looks like digitally created. I don't know. I just think well, it's really it kind cool. of is actually. Is it? Yeah, okay, it's a digital does, art. Yeah, uh, this okay. this 
specific page is a very famous uh, cover of what issue? Iron Man number Three I forget. Or four or something. I don't know. Okay. It's it's yeah, one it's, of the it's I forget well, actually, which one. But number one is very similar. Except it doesn't have the panels on the side. I mean, it's just kind of extended. there. There is well, an issue where yeah, there's has a cover just like that oh, has okay. him like putting on the gloves. The, yeah. the whole yeah. dressing and it's in the, montage. Yeah, it's you got in the, the tiger playing in the background. 80s. Yeah, it's 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 really early, but it's a famous cover. So that's okay. that's what they're harkening so back to. In the front that. of the book, it says Iron Man does suit design Alex Ross. Right. Did so, I think that there's some difference or something that Alex Ross did. With it, um, yeah, and I do it, want to talk about the cover. It well. looks oh, yeah, it like a slightly I modernized mean, version of that right, Mark II. Right. And that's yeah. what I got from yeah. it. It yeah. looks like Mark II. It's got the the energy circles at the top of the boots and then the elbows of the joints. Um, Super cool. So, yeah. are you guys confused about his AI in this? It seems like his the AI it's he's not dealing right with is like not quite working yet. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's curious. So is the AI? How do you? Where is that denote? I have a feeling I know what that is. It's, it's the, is it the yellow? It's, or is yeah. It the, well, know, they no. actually did do different color blurbs for you in this comic book. Where you, you remember the first month? <laughs> week yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, when I was like, I don't, yeah, no, I felt like that. I was like, wait, that's something. Clayton Cowles or whoever lettered this was like, I gotta, I gotta do this for Jess. For Jess, <laughs> I this appreciate is for Jess. That. This is for my homie Jess. Um, <laughs> I forget where it is exactly. Yeah, I felt like I saw that too, where he's like talking to himself. At first, he's talking to himself, then he's narrating it through the yeah. No, but I was AI. able to follow that though. And then the guy he's fighting at the very beginning is like, who are you even talking yeah, to? Yeah, as yeah. he's throwing mm-hmm. him through space, which mm-hmm. is hilarious. Yeah. Um, I love the front cover. I thought it was funny that they used a, a herald of Galactus as like so just, he's just the throwaway villain that he's fighting yeah. away at the beginning. Um, so the the Alex Ross cover I love because it's Alex Ross and Alex Ross has been using some heavy heavy toned uh, acrylics lately. I, I don't know if he uses oils or acrylics, but I usually love, you get that color. I think the covers he's been putting out lately are just all of them beautiful. Like so good. They're so. This good. one's a wraparound. But the, the, the very front cover, it looks like Ultraman-style fighting. Like, yeah. if you look at the way a poster for Ultraman would look, or like a splash page in an Ultraman book, that's how I think it would look. And so I was super, super excited to see that kind of, like, Japanese-style, here's a cover, and his a weird rogues gallery of robots that he's fighting in, like, a weird way. I don't know. I thought it was really cool. Um, there's a lot of things about this book that I liked. Yeah. And then, so there is, it looks like some a blast from the past, which I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. Uh, I mean, we could talk about it. It's Hellcat. Yeah. Okay. You know, here's something weird you're about ta- Hellcat. You're talking they about call Hellcat? It vintage. No, no, no. You're talking about the guy. Oh, you, that's the unicorn? The unicorn. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like an old Unicorn's got a sort of past. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he's, he's he calls him vintage, and, and it's, I just wasn't sure. Yeah, because that's, like, that's one of the older older villains that's like when when the names were like, what are we going to call him? I don't yeah, know, unicorn. put a unicorn on his shirt and call him the unicorn. He doesn't even have, 1964. He, he have some sort of like rainbow. Tales of suspense. So he shoots on. a laser <laughs> out of his forehead. Uh, that's okay. why. He has other things going on. That, that thing that's on his head does all kinds of stuff. It, yeah, yeah. It, it, it right. makes him more powerful, makes him like faster, but it also shoots an energy beam out of out of the circle that which, that's why he's called the unicorn um he's actually an insane person and there's been several versions and he always gets manipulated he's one of those like a sandman where he was it, he had a good idea it was for the right reasons he did it the wrong yeah, way. yeah he's one of those always a bridesmaid never a bride kind of villains <laughs> yeah right exactly um so technically he was gone for a while 
and the way that he's talking about him in this book makes me think that it's the original unicorn whose name I don't remember. Okay. Um, He's being manipulated by some sort of higher power. And that's how it's always been. He's always always somebody's lackey. Somebody else has a a brighter idea, and he's kind of the brawn muscle that's going to do it. But his ranting here seems almost religious in nature. Well, he has a Bible. He is obsessed with somebody called the Other. And I don't remember all this story, but um, the Other is basically his god, and people use Hade. Originally, he thought the other was real, and turns out oh, it wasn't okay. real. And so Iron Man had to like convince him that he wasn't real, and then he became Iron Man's friend. He then he went into a, a mental institution or something like that, and then uh, he keeps getting pulled out, and people go, "No, the other's real." And so, and I'm him, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Now rob so, this bank for me. <laughs> basically, yeah. I mean, they always manipulate him into thinking that Iron Man's the bad guy, and that they're the good guy, and they're going to help him not be insane. That's his whole goal is to not be a crazy person because he got sick and then when they cured him, uh, it gave him some other a mental disease. Mm. Anyways. The kind of the thing with, with Iron Man villains is that he doesn't really have a super great rogues gallery. <laughs> no. You got the Mandarin, um, you've got all the other iron suits. Yeah. I mean all what the else other is there? <laughs> characters in suits. Yeah. Um, the Blood Brothers, Thanos. <laughs> so Thanos is I mean he's everybody's villain right he was originally Iron Man's villain is he yeah. first appearance in Thanos yeah. I mean, Iron, Iron Man okay. yeah. you'd think he'd be like a Fantastic Four villain you know yeah yeah that sort of cosmic level right um, but before before Iron Man was super popular like it, because of the movies mm-hmm. he was like like a C-list Marvel character. Yeah, just Crazy. about. People didn't yeah. really care. People yeah. did not care about Iron Man. They called him Shellhead. Aww. Oh, yeah, old yeah. Shellhead. I mean, he was <laughs> he was always important in the context of the Avengers book. Right. But the Avengers as a team was not a super high-selling comic for Marvel. Marvel's best-selling books have always been like X-Men and right. Spider-Man. And so the Avengers, like, that's why it was kind of a ballsy move for Marvel's for Marvel Studios sure. to make an Iron Man movie and then build it into Avengers Capitalize because capitalize off of it the yeah, way they have it's because crazy. the Avengers were not a super strong property for Marvel. Marvel made a, a bit of a mistake by they sold the rights to Spider Man, the X Men, and the Hulk to different movie companies. So they didn't have them anymore. Yeah, they sold their film rights to all their biggest characters. So, <laughs> so as a as somebody who's like, this is like the third comic that we've had you read. Yes. Do you feel like you had because you had the history with Iron Man, like through the movies and everything, that you definitely had a way into this book to totally to so yeah yeah. But I will also be honest. Like I saw the first Avengers movie, and maybe one other Iron Man, and that's it. Oh, really? So I do not have like even. Reading this, I did not have the same background as gotcha. I could have had, but I liked it. I mean, I just felt I like it. I liked this one a lot. Um, awesome. I think just being familiar with the character, even as a household name, was mm-hmm. more approachable for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I did like the art. I thought it was so. It, there are digital. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of artists who work in comics now do do their art digitally okay you know, they, they draw on a microsoft surface or something yeah i like it though it doesn't feel it still feels coloring has been digital like c- colors and comics have been digital since like 
the late 90s. Crazy. Like yeah. Early 90s, even. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I remember it did, it did not I would have never then. thought that, which is Weird. which is cool. I, mean, I don't think digital coloring in comic books in comic books looked good till like the early 2000s. Potentially, it looked and different. Yeah. Even look even natural. now, you can find books that you're like, ooh, that didn't come out very well. Well, they once they switched to the glossy paper instead of newsprint, I feel like that's what really like took the took the medium forward because it gave them a lot more options. Yeah, for sure. I liked this though. Cool. I really did. Awesome. I well, uh, I'm curious to see what happens with the next issue and. Uh, that sounds like a yes. I'm picking yeah, up number I'll, two. I will say yes for awesome. sure. So, what, Chad? Do you think you'll pick up number two? I think so. I'm. I'm. So, uh, some of the notes that I took is um, Janet's cameo was a little weird. Like, I know they were dating and everything, but they were just all like, "Hey, this is where their relationship is now. See ya." Yeah. Like just. I it don't seems know. like kind of tri- like almost teenagery to me, but I felt right. like it was almost in intentional because he's like such a mess like it it felt like it was like i I don't know it was like quirky in a way that i was oh he's a mess like that's how he just broke up with that girlfriend you know i don't know i I, she's like i've moved on he's like okay yeah i get it right on yeah (laughs) i don't understand why she's there and everybody else is there is not the same reason you know what i'm saying like when she makes a statement about the guest list and then you're like so why are you there oh you're talking about patsy yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about okay, uh, Janet. That, the bit where the where she Wasp comes up Janet. and says, That was weird. Hey, so it just happens out of nowhere, and then you're yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm moving on. It's well, okay. them, them being together was like a big part of the well, dance slot bye. run before this. That's what it felt like. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. Yeah, so I, I didn't care for that part because it was super on the nose, just like, hey, they're breaking up, everyone. We're taking this page to let you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. okay. like oh, by the way, they're broken up. Moving right. on. Like, I don't know. I don't Super think easy, we need it. Um, looks like the art is moving away from Robert Downey Jr. Honestly, I like that. Like personally, I don't see Robert Downey Jr. in the art anymore. Yeah, me you know, neither. I I think personally, I think moving forward, that's a good idea. Um, I thought his hair looked weird most of the time, but the, the hair was weird. I feel like it still goes back to him just being a it's, mess. It's, it's like more the shovels, right? Like, yeah, he's yeah. just he's not caring about it. And um, then when he put on that old suit, I was like. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Super cool. But yeah, I I think it's a good setup. Um, I think it's interesting that they bring up kind of Twitter and how people can harass you on Twitter. And it just shows, and Iron Man's Twitter account is deleted. He's not taking it anymore. So he's not a fan favorite. I uh, generally (laughs) roll my eyes pretty hard when they like use that sort of representation of social media and comics. But I feel like this was this was a good use of it. I think so as well. A lot of times it's really it's used almost um, like you were talking about the high schoolie with Janet and stuff like that. Yeah. But this one it really did kind of point out the I don't know just the people that hide behind social media say whatever they want and this guy is whoever they want. I just threw him into space because he was going to like hurt and kill people. And you guys are mad because your internet's out because I hit a satellite on the way to do that. It's like, you know what's way worse? Galactus eating the planet. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Can and never so win, man. I, I, I like good timing with it. that um, social dilemma coming out last weekend, too. I don't know if you guys have seen that, I but the timing that. was interesting, too, of just like, I think that's going to be an ongoing conversation, social so. media in general, and yeah. how we're all. Um, but I am I am definitely on for number, number two. I'm yeah. staying, yeah. Me, too. I was wasn't super like i enjoyed the the last 
run on Iron Man to a point. And then it kind of got to a plot point where I'm like, ah, see, Dan Slott, you kind of already did this this sort of same thing with Spider-Man in a way. So I kind of bailed at the, after that point. And the, I think this is uh, me jumping back on Iron Man books is this one because I really liked this. And I'm I'm finding out that I'm a Christopher Cantwell fan, so. Right. Happy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good book. I don't like that Hellcat shows up and her dress happens to be the same color as her costume. Um, <laughs> like, way to be incognito, yeah. Yeah, especially because yeah. Hellcat is such a like just character that nobody cared about until a couple years ago. And also, what is she ago. doing there? Back to my point, like, right? I don't why know. Is she there? And does, is is her costume literally just taking that sash off and putting it on her face? <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, it becomes like, skin it tight all of a sudden. It's a bodysuit. It's a dress right. that turns into a bodysuit. Maybe, but yeah, the sash. Goes maybe it's away. nanotechnology. Could be. What are what are the I mean, she is friends with Iron Man, for so. um, unstable molecules? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who knows? I, I don't I don't know where that storyline is going with her it, because it also makes it seem like they're like, okay, Janet and him broke up. Let's give him Hellcat. Like, well, what? She you, makes yeah. it pretty clear that like she's, that's like, she's not going to happen. It's like, yeah. listen, are you going to try to hook to like hook up with me right now? Because I'm not interested. Yeah, he takes her outside and she's like, if you're doing filthy stuff, I'm not down. Right, but I feel like that's kind of. <laughs> He's like, like, no, really. I think you'll. I just want to show you this car. I I hope it just. Yeah, I hope it just. I hope it's a one-off where they're like, that's not what we're doing. And it's not like a projection where it's like, oh, watch this romance happen when she said it wasn't gonna. Mm. I'm like, no, no, no. Let's keep it on the level with what I'm it is. I'm fine with that as long know. as they make it an organic thing and not it doesn't feel forced. Not me. Iron Man doesn't need anybody. Don't you love love? You said that last week. I love <laughs> hating love. Well, here's the thing. Iron Man with anybody but Pepper Potts is just going to be forced anyway. That's right. Yeah. That is correct. Pretty much. Just how just how it feel about it. <laughs> about the car, um, you know, he's he, he's driving a car, and then there's somebody talking. There's actually two people talking, and maybe it's even three. It might be Jarvis or whatever the name of his AI is now. But it's the first car he brings up is a, a '71 Duster. My first car as a kid was a Duster, so I was like, "Hey, this nice. is really cool." And then the third <laughs> car is a Shelby Cobra. That was my mom's favorite car. We were gonna build one until she passed away, and then. So all that stuff resonated with really hard. Then they put him in like this 78 Dodge car. And it's yeah. basically saying he had the option of all these Ferraris and classic cars. And he went with this piece of junk Dodge that he's going to work on to make better. And I think that's an exact, you know, like it's a parallel to what he's trying to do with his own personal life. Yeah. Back to basics. Right. Exactly. Hellcat yes. calls him out on it a little bit later and says, Jason had it verbatim. Where yeah. Like, she's like, yeah, this, this is just your... This is still your ego just wearing different clothes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I love that. I was like, yeah, he's still a narcissist. And he's, yeah. you know, it's like when you go to a funeral and you're so sad about somebody who passed away, but it's because you were so close to them and you guys spend so much time. And you're like, ah, okay. Well, and it's this this thing with Tony where he's like, I'm divesting myself from my company and I'm doing this own thing and I'm going to, I'm going back to basics. But I still sold all my stock and made like $63 billion and... I'm reinvesting a third of that. And hey, I also like I'm buying this this new house, but it's a New York brownstone. Right. And I'm getting a I'm getting a new car, but it's this American muscle kind of thing. And it's 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 still it's Iron Man. Technically that that car's not muscle. Well, that, that's kind of the point. If you know cars, yeah, yeah, that yeah. car's a beater. It well, will I be. don't. So anyway, it, it, that's the point <laughs> that's though. The point. It's he's going to 
It's going to make it better. S- start from scratch. That car's going to be flying before long, all right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of flying, I think we all better fly out of here pretty soon. Um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I want to thank everybody for, for listening in. Uh, Jess, thanks for coming again. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to release a, a really special episode um, normally this would be something, uh, just for Patreons, but we do want to get more Patreon support. Um, you know, we're in this, uh, uh, pretty expensive hobby. Um, and, uh, the New Mexico IPA challenge, I think talking about, be a, a lot talking of about podcasts or comics. Cause it could be both, <laughs> both of them. Beer. All of the above. <laughs> uh, also. Yeah. and Absolutely. beer. Yeah. So the, the beer, <laughs> just getting those three 12 packs was not cheap. Um, but I do, uh, I want everybody to hear this episode just because I was able to get it. I think it'll be a lot of fun and it'll be a learning experience to be able to, to, to sample the way that you're talking about 36 beers, smelling them. It's not about tasting every single one. You'll know what you need to know as soon as you smell that beer, yeah. if that's something you even want to taste. So, And I'd be happy to just do a quick kind of, there's six steps to assessing beer that are pretty easy um, that I'd be excited to walk you guys through. Yes, perfect. So, yeah, I can't wait group for that. So that you guys can all do that at home because it's a, uh, changed my whole perspective on beers that way i can so. go into bars and talk smack. look look like, a little Dude, yeah look, put your pinky look at out your yeah. michelob ultra it doesn't have any of these characteristics look at the FNSs. um so yeah stay stay tuned for that one um should be out uh should be out real soon and we really appreciate you guys thanks for listening